episode 488 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. We're just getting so close to 500. 12 away. 12? Wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, if I do the math right, who knows? Uh, with you as always, I'm Glenn. That's Josh. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Hello. Uh, yeah, kind of crazy going on right now. Keith is going to be streaming alone with you tonight when the when the embargo lifts. He's freaking out on Twitter. He's uh, tweeting at Shu and at ben, Benjamin Rivers and a whole bunch of other people. So he's going to get the stream going, and five minutes later, the old man's going to fall asleep. That's my prediction. We'll see. <laughs> this game is blah, 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 blah. I don't know why I haven't read his review, but this game is blah, blah, blah. And that'll be it. That'll be the entire stream. It'll be like that, uh, that stream I talked about months ago. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I'm sure I did. Where I was going through live with PlayStation, and I came across this thing, and I saw the title, and I'm like, this, this can't be right. And I clicked on it, and it was literally some Japanese girl sleeping on her couch. And there were thousands of people watching it. She was just motionless on the couch sleeping. And there were thousands of weirdo creepos watching it. Well. So after a half an hour, I turned it off, went, did something else. A half hour. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I put something in the comments like, what are you people watching? And then I left. Uh-huh. That was a little weird. A half hour. Yeah. Uh, so this week, a bunch of new releases. Holy balls. A few news items, some interesting stuff that came to light today even. Uh, What we're playing and watching around PS Nation, my review of Strike Vector EX, Josh's review of Alone With You. Now, this is not the quote-unquote official PS Nation review, though. That'll be Keith's that goes on the website. And then uh, emails. I know we have at least one email we can read. So uh, it was actually a very good one, so hopefully we'll find it. Whoop, what did I just do? What did I just do? Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, let's get the housekeeping out of the way. If you want to reach us, do that many different ways. You can go over to psnation.com. Obviously, that's the hub of all things PlayStation Nation. Uh, look on that left side to the Contact Us section. You can find all of our pertinent info, including a button to hit if you want to just send us an email that way. It'll pull up a little form. You can fill that out. Or you can email us at podcast at psnation.com. You can find our Twitter handles there, which uh, if you want to follow Josh, that's at PJFJosh. You can follow me at TorgoPSN for all that awesome barbecue food porn and riff tracks talk and all kinds of crazy shit. And, of course, our main account, at PSNation, which, among other things, will let you know anytime something new gets posted to the website. So if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't have a good news reader or something like that, that's another way to follow what's going on on the website in terms of reviews and when the podcast goes up, all kinds of cool stuff. You can uh, leave us a voicemail on Skype at WDT-Torgo. You can uh, find us on Facebook if you go to facebook.com slash PSNation page or just do a search for PSNation. Like the page. Don't worry about the group. Someday I'll get that damn thing deleted. It's going to take like hours. Uh, if you if you want also, talk to us on the forums, get get involved with the discussions over there. You can just uh, hit the forums button at the top of the website or just go to psnation.com slash forums and you can discuss any of the podcast episodes. 
You can uh, you know discuss reviews. You can discuss what game you're playing. There's a, a hefty No Man's Sky thread going on right now. You can even go over to the other section. Uh, we had somebody talking about his first time smoking a beef brisket and uh, kind of trading stories about that and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so get over to the forums and, and join in the discussion. And then if you'd like to stream your podcast, you can find us on a lot of different uh, services like iTunes, Google Play Music, uh, TuneIn Radio, and, of course, Stitcher, if you go to stitcher.com or use the app. And, uh, yeah, stuff and junk. The last but not least, if you want to uh, support us, I know a lot of places they have that Patreon thing. Well, we don't have Patreon. Instead, we just ask that you go to one of our affiliate links at uh, the affiliate link section over at psnation.com. You'll find that on the front page uh, right on the left side there. And we've got links for all different kinds of uh, stores like Walmart, Best Buy, uh, Barnes & Noble. Of course, we have Amazon for like seven different countries or something like that. Uh, so all you do is click on that link, shop at the store. We get a little piece of the action for, for referring you over to that website. And even better, you can make that your bookmark for that site if you go there a lot. So uh, check it out. There might be a store that you, that you uh, are interested in that you don't even know about. It's very, very possible. <clears throat> so... Uh, we also have a PayPal link there because some people asked us to uh, set that up. And I want to find it because somebody actually sent us some cash. Uh, Watson Creative Consulting. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's I am Watson is his PSN. I am Watson is one word. Sent us 10 bucks. So thank you, Watson. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Watson. Uh, yeah, and he says, Glenn and Josh, thanks for all of your hard work. I appreciate the podcast and the site. So friend bomb this this generous son of a bitch. Uh, I am Watson. I wonder if that's the IBM computer. The IBM supercomputer is, is sending us money. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> if it's listening to us, then we're dumbing it down, I would assume. <laughs> Maybe they use us as like a palate cleanser for it. Like, it's pulling in all this crazy data, you know, like uh, different war scenarios. And, and you know, they're, they're feeding all this health information in there to try to develop new vaccines. And it just gets so wound up in that stuff. It has to kind of lower the IQ of what it's listening to by, by a million points. And, it, you know, they throw our podcast on. I think the Russians decided to hack it. <laughs> Trump is probably involved in some way from what I understand. It, it's, it's an amazing podcast. And... I think they made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we will make it really stupid. We make it listen to PS Nation. Yeah, and that way they can beat it in chess. Da. Yeah. Well, you're the chess player. I'm not. I don't think enough ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to be our champion. Well, when it gets to know, that point. <laughs> Mason wanted to play chess the other day. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I said, well, I could teach you. I said... I I have a chess set somewhere that I learned on when I was a kid. It's like the, the oh, I forget the name of it, Educator Chess Set or something like that. Hmm. And the pieces are a little bit bigger. And on the back of them, it shows you how many spaces they can move and in what direction. Holy crap. Yeah. It has a number and then arrows, basically. I had to look it up in an encyclopedia. Yeah. So... That's how I learned. I, I sat and I used to play with my aunt and I used to play with like 
all these relatives and everything. And that's how I learned basically. So I kept that thing forever. And then when I went to look for it, I have a box of games up in the attic and I went to look through that box of games up in the attic. It's not there. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm looking through my paper that, that tells me what's in all the boxes all over the attic. Right. I don't see it listed anywhere. And I'm just, I'm, I don't know. It's, I know I kept it. I know I did not get rid of it. I have no idea where it is. It could be in any box in that attic. I have (laughs) lost so much of my childhood uh, stuff. I don't know if my mom gave it all away. She gave my transformers away. I know she gave them to my step nephew. She gave away a bunch of my other toys, but there's so much other stuff that I have no idea where it went. And I ask her about it and she's just like, I don't think I got rid of that. I'm like, God. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I'm sort of a pack rat, but she is the antithesis to that. She hates having any clutter around, even though they have a million puzzles in the house. And uh, I don't know where most of my stuff is anymore. It really upsets me, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, I honestly, I looked this thing up on... I looked to see, well, if I can't find this, can I still buy it somewhere? And I tried to remember the name of it, and I found it, and it's... 1972 vintage wow classic games collector series the educator chess set and there's not like a modern redo of that i don't think so i don't know that's crazy but it's it's pretty fantastic i mean it's very simplistic it shows you right on the back it explains i that's all you need to know like it shows pawn one and then in parentheses two Sure. And a straight arrow and diagonal arrows. Now, you're going to need somebody to tell you, you know, you can only move diagonal to take a piece. But, you know, if somebody was there to tell me that, then like bishop one through seven and it shows diagonal arrows forward and back. Well, I know they make those uh, electronic chess boards where it it will teach you with lights. Yeah. Actually, I think those are, no, a friend of mine had one of those. It was really cool because it was the same concept. It just doesn't have it on the back of the piece. It knows what every piece is, and it shows you the lights on the board. Yeah. And you can actually play against the computer. Because it'll tell you where to move the computer's pieces. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always wanted one of those because I wanted to learn the game, and my parents never bought me one. (laughs) They just wanted me to remain stupid. And it worked. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, I think... Do we have... Hang on a second. Video chess. Yes, I do, on the 2600. I'm sure that's easy to understand. Jeez. Where every piece looks exactly the same, except for one little symbol or something. Uh, Yeah. Although, wait. Hang on. Atari never intended to create a chess game for the 2600 when the system was first introduced, but the original VCS box had a chess piece on it, and Atari was ultimately sued by someone in Florida due to the lack of an actual chess game on the system. (laughs) Sometime later, Atari's engineers began working on a version of chess for the 2600, although video chess ended up shipping as a 4K game. Hey, look, they were doing 4K games back in 1979. (laughs) 
uh, earlier versions of the game were larger in size. This prompted Atari to invent bank-switching ROMs, which would be used in later titles that needed more than 4K of address space. Wow. Huh. You learn something new every day. You do. You do. Sometimes. Other times you just sit and drool and stare at the TV. Oh, that's what I wanted to do all weekend. And then maybe turn it on every once in a while. Yeah. I was watching a lot of like 30 for 30s this weekend. Because there was just some fascinating stuff. Uh, There was, and I've seen it before, but they had the one on about Sugar Ray Leonard and um, uh, uh, what's his name? The Nomas um, fight, which that's what that new movie with, with De Niro is. Uh, I just can't think of his name right now. I want to say Pacquiao, but that's obviously not right. <laughs> the guy from Panama. Um, son of a bitch. I can't think of his name. But it's, it's a great documentary. It's fantastic. And then they had, um, they do these 30 for 30 shorts. They're like 20 minutes long. And they had it on Danny Almonde, or oh, what was his name? The, the kid that was playing in like the, the Little League Championships, the pitcher. And he was actually 14, and he had to be 12. Whoops. Well, that was out in New York, dude. That was in Buffalo. Whoops. Or not, not Buffalo, uh, the Bronx. They, it was, the team was from the Bronx. It was years ago. I think his name was like Danny Almonte. Um, but his dad and his coach, who knew each other, because uh, the kid barely spoke any English, they faked his birth certificate and all this stuff, and he pitched a perfect game in, in Little League in like the little league championships and they got all the way to the world series or the, you know, the, the, the little league world series. And then it started coming out that wait, this kid's not 12. Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. It was only like, like I said, about 20 minutes long, but uh, they talked to him quite a bit and yeah, it was interesting to see, but yeah, I was kind of on a documentary kick for a while on Sunday when I was doing some other stuff. Editing that strike vector video together. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Shall we get to it? Yes, please. All right. New releases. <laughs> All right. Up first, we have Assetto Corsa. Cool. This is forty nine ninety nine. It is for the PS4, of course. Yeah. There is a pre-order bonus offer at Amazon. Uh, you will receive exclusive access until it's sold on the PSN to the performance pack, including these three cars, Ferrari 488 GTB, Audi R8 V10 Plus, nice. and the Corvette C7 Stingray. Which is really the best Corvette you want in the game. Uh, the C7 finally actually drives like a real car instead of just an engine with wheels on it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a video up right now on our YouTube channel. I streamed it the other day, but for some reason the stream just went to hell. Uh, so I'm actually going to record some footage. Hopefully this week and get that posted pretty quickly. Uh, Cause I'm actually working on that game right now. All right. Then we have assault suit Lanos. Which has been out digitally already. This is the the physical release, and it is nineteen ninety nine. It's an awesome game. It is the much loved Mega Drive classic being <laughs> updated. Oh, that's what they say here. Well, so <laughs> being updated for the PS four and PC. Okay, this is actually a series. 
So yes, there was a, a version on the Mega Drive. I don't believe it ever came out in the U.S. though on the Genesis. That's uh, but there's also, Mega Drive. Right, right. <laughs> uh, there's also a, a game in the series that's on the Super Nintendo. In the U.S., it's called Cybernator. It came up from Konami about the same time Axelite came out. Uh, there's also an Assault Suit Linus on the Saturn, which is fantastic. And I believe there's one on oh, Japanese PS1 one or 2. Um, and there's also a game that came out for the Vita in Japan only that was very similar to the to this style. Uh, or PSP or Vita, one of the two. Um, but it's really, really good. I got the. I actually got it. I just can't think of the name right now. Um, but this PS4 version is awesome. Uh, I've been playing it quite a bit. I bought the 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 physical release because you get the fifth the, the what twenty percent off of your pre order on Amazon. So I got it for like sixteen bucks. Uh, but it's it's one of my favorite series, and it's this cool kind of side scrolling. Uh, but you can you can go vertically a few more screens than just a regular side scroller. Um, and you're you're in a mech. And you have like a punch, you have a, a gun that you can shoot, you know, 360 degrees. You have like some other special weapons you can get. You also have a jump, which with like a little jetpack uh, boost. And you have a shield that you pull up and you actually have to block shots and you only have one life. Um, it gets really, really intense, but it's just the series is a blast. So I think I own all of them except for the Mega Drive game. So highly recommended. Seriously, I, I love it. It's not perfect, but it, it's man, it's a blast to play. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. All right, then we have Attack on Titan. Cool. Which is an anime that has been turned into a game. I think you missed that on the Vita because I think it's coming for Vita and PS4. Not that I see. We got review for both. Well, not according to Amazon. Okay, let me take a look. <laughs> Maybe it's digital only. It might be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vita comes out the same day. Yeah, so it's digital because Amazon doesn't have it. Actually, let's see here. Scheduled to launch in North America on August 30th, Attack on Titan will be available on PS4, Xbox One, and available digitally on PS3, PlayStation Vita, PC, uh, via Steam. Oh, so it's even on PS3. Yeah. Ooh. But only digitally. So physically, you can only get on PS4 and Xbox One. And that is fifty nine ninety nine on the PS4. All right. And then we have Resident Evil 4. So you can buy it like an eighth time at this point. <laughs> but it'll still be awesome, right? But, no, wait. Now, seriously, how many times? This came out on the PS2. Wait, I'm going to look it up. Because, seriously, this might be the eighth time. It's got to be close to that. Because they did... They did a re. They they did a like a an HD version of it on the PS3 that was a download copy. Right, right. I mean this yeah. this game has come out on multiple times on every system. All right, so GameCube, PS2, Windows, Wii. Well, we'll skip the PC and Zebo and iOS stuff. So. Uh, get, what the fuck is a Zebo? What the yeah. fuck is Zebo? <laughs> I don't know. It How is. How's that spelled? I'll look that up while you're doing this. A 3G enabled entertainment and education system from Zebo Inc. What the uh, fuck is that thing? 
well, enabled entertainment released in uh, Brazil, Mexico, China. Oh, and North America. This box looks fake. Yeah, it does. Oh my god, that D pad. Yeah. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we'll skip that though. But All right. so on the main, the mainstream ones. So GameCube, PS2, Wii, PS3, Xbox 360, and now PS4 and Xbox One. Damn it, that's seven. <laughs> hey, you were close. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, PS4 is the eighth, isn't it? No. Oh, okay, it's a seven. No. Well, if you want to count PC and Zebo and iOS, then yeah, we're well into uh, some eight, nine, ten at that point. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I might have it on the. Well, I think I have it on the GameCube. How many times do I have this damn game? I think I have it once, and I hate those games. <laughs> Man, Zebo went all the way up to six forty by four eighty uh, resolution. <laughs> I've oh, never heard of this thing before. Boy, neither have I. All right, anybody in Brazil, I need to get a hold of one of these for my collection. It said it was released in North America. Oh, was it? Yes. 20 games that define Zebo up, up on YouTube. Oh my god. I have it on PS2, Wii, and I have the digital PS3 one. So I never got the GameCube version. Hmm. Uh, or the 360, obviously. Yeah. Unless I did. Because it's digital, and I don't have all my digital stuff in my list. Hmm. Yeah, probably not. Wow! Somebody wants 480 bucks for one in the U.S. Holy shit! They're special. So Resident Evil 4 will be a physical edition. It is 19.99, so that's not bad. Actually, yeah. Uh, if you want to buy it again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was decent on the PS3. It was actually, I thought it was a pretty good translation of it, from what I remember. But yeah, yeah I don't know. All right, then we have God Eater Two Rage Burst. Nice, the Day One Edition. Which is the only edition available, at least at Amazon. <laughs> uh-huh. It's fifty nine ninety nine. There is a pre-order bonus offer with this. You get a free download code for God Eater Resurrection and DLC costumes based on characters from Sword Art Online, Hollow Realization, Tales of Zestiria, and Tokyo Ghoul. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So you get the first game, too. That's That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then we have Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition. Nice. Since that last one you bought was woefully incomplete. Well, of course it was. You don't even need the season pass for this one. It's got everything. And it's $49.99. Nice. So... Then we get into some weirdness. Uh, there's a bunch now, of headphones. I remember Dave, ta- Dave talked about these at E3. He, he actually went to an appointment with these guys. Yeah, they're, well, I'm saying weirdness because there's a bunch of headphones listed yeah. coming. They're all hitting September 1st. All these Geotech headphones. But two of them 
have no price. They are unavailable <laughs> and they aren't available at any store anywhere in North America yeah. where geotech is sold. So I have no idea what's going on with them. So the first one is the Geotech FL400 wireless RF stereo headset. Comes in black and blue, and it is one twenty nine ninety nine. Wow, for stereo headphones. Yeah, Bluetooth compatible devices can be used wirelessly. Includes FR wireless dongle for use with the PS4 console. Included check cable must be used with the Xbox One. Internal and external speakers. What? Easy to switch internal and external speaker mode. Oh, I think... Hmm, I'm trying to remember what Dave said about these, because I'll be really honest. I don't think he spoke too highly of them when he had it when he got done with his appointment. The headphones, the, the ear cups basically pop out. And yeah, so it's, it's, the, it's the fad from two years ago where you could use your headphones as, like, speakers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then the next one, the Geotech FL300 wired stereo headset with removable Bluetooth speakers. Wait, if they're Bluetooth, how are they wired? The the headset is wired for gaming and stuff. Yeah. And then there's Bluetooth speakers. I, mm. Don't ask me. I didn't make them. <laughs> Uh, they come in blue, black, and red. They are seventy nine ninety nine, mm. and okay. Well, use Bluetooth compatible devices wirelessly. PS four and Xbox One consoles require use of chat cable. Right. Dual internal and external facing speakers. Okay, <laughs> good. So you can have your headphones on and blast the sound out <laughs> towards everybody. <laughs> that would be awesome if that happened. <laughs> Since that's the exact reason you're supposed to be using headphones so yes. that everybody else doesn't have to listen to your shit. Uh, now on, you're just going to turn it around on them and really make it obnoxious. On-ear controls with LED indicating mic mute and power status. Mm. Then we have the Geotech FL200 wired stereo headset. Mm. Comes in black. Mm. Not available, has no price. (laughs) Don't know. (laughs) They're coming, we swear. And the Geotech website doesn't give prices or anything. It just says, buy at these stores. And I clicked on every single one. And the only one that even listed that actual headset was Amazon. All the rest are like Geotech. We found these other headphones, but we don't carry Geotech. <laughs> Maybe you would like Logitech. Yeah. Mm. And then the Geotech FL100 wired mono chat headset, which is the one ear headset uh, for the PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Mac. And no price, not available, don't know nothing. Mm. Wait, do we have a review up of any geotech? Wait, it was Dave? (laughs) Do I have to answer that question for you? Last year. Well, you didn't say it when you went through all the... Oh, (laughs) snap. Sorry, Dave. (laughs) 
me look. It was just too easy. Okay, while you're looking for the Vita, for the Vita, we have the Hatsune Miku Project Diva X coming for thirty nine ninety nine. And did I miss that for the PlayStation Four? I did. It is also coming for PlayStation Four Hatsune Miku <laughs> Project Diva X for forty nine ninety nine. Of course, it is. So ten dollar difference between the two. No cross buy, just cross loving. Oh, I remember this. Dave was doing a review of these, but he had some questions and they never got back to him. So yeah, I don't remember whatever it all got dropped. <laughs> no, it was it was this weird. Oh, this is from like August of last year. I I can't remember, but I know he had a lot of problems with them. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Just found it in an email. I was like, I I remember dealing with these guys, but I was trying to see if they had, um, if we had any, any like product info for E three this year because I know I'm almost positive Dave had a had a had an appointment with them this year. I might be wrong, but I thought for sure he had one this year. Hmm. But yeah, as usual, we're just planning so far ahead for the for the podcast and. We never have to be reactive to anything. It's all just, it's all part of the pran. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, what do we got next here? We're done with that. And you did the Mikus, so we're on to the news. Mm-hmm. First up, this is pretty funny stuff. Uh, Final Fantasy XV has a $270 Ultimate Collector's Edition coming. <sighs> what the fuck? And the best part is... The DLC season pass is not included. Wow. You're paying $270. And the $25 season pass does not come with it. Holy crap. And they're saying that the season pass appears to include a significant amount of story content. That is ballsy. Yeah. So, wow. Final Fantasy 15 Ultimate Collector's Edition includes. Of course, an exclusive steel case book or a steel book case, a hundred and ninety-two page art book. This is a bigger box, by the way. This just isn't just a little Blu-ray thing, which I would hope for two hundred seventy dollars. Uh, a copy of the King Slave Final Fantasy fifteen movie and Blu-ray, a figure of the hero Noctis by Play Arts Kai, several in-game items, and of course, a copy of the game for either PS4 or Xbox One. The package is only available from the developer's website at Square Enix's uh, online store and is limited to just 30,000 units worldwide. Worldwide, not just North America. Um, so so the uh, director of the game, uh, Hajima, or Hi, I think it's Hajima Tabata, uh, did a um, kind of an Ask Me Anything on Twitter. And... Uh, somebody tweeted, will the Ultimate Collector's Edition come with the season pass? And he says, sadly, no. And we looked into making more UCE, but we were told we still can't. So basically, Square told the developers, nah, we're not going to put the season pass in there. <laughs> um, yeah. And also the fact that they already sold out of the 30,000 units, apparently. Uh, because there's a two-month delay, people are upset about it. Uh, the set was first announced in March, sold out within minutes. So the developer increased the stock in May to address the high demand, and those sold out right away as well. That's crazy. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> so you're spending $270, no season pass. So if you want everything, it's $295, folks. $295. Mm. Yeah, or just buy another PS4. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. All right. Well, on to other news. Uh, Ubisoft has announced dates on a number of their VR titles coming to PlayStation VR. Yeah. Someone got to play one of these, too. So Eagle Flight, which I stood and watched while I was waiting to play the other one. Okay. uh, You're an eagle. Yeah. And this this really doesn't do it justice here. It says you are transformed into an eagle and explore the landscapes of Paris, and it will launch November eighth. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. There, well, there were, isn't it tied in with Assassin's Creed? Not that I saw. Oh, I thought it was. No, this didn't look anything like Assassin's Creed. Okay. At least what I saw there. So okay. there were several. There were at least two teams of four. There might have been three teams. Probably okay. just two. Oh, more. yeah, I've seen this. Teams of four, and you're all trying to go in and grab something, and it's it's like capture the flag, but with eagles, basically. Right, right. And all in VR. So you are an eagle, and you're flying towards the other ones, and you're trying to knock them out of the sky, and you're trying to steal whatever it is they caught, and you're trying to get it back to your base, and... It was pretty wild watching all these people in the room play it. I, I got to watch it for like 15 minutes while I was waiting for the next game. Uh, so it looked like fun for everybody that was sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one, which at E3 at least, they were non committal on whether this was coming to PS4. And I still don't think they've said uh psvr for it yet they did there i saw oh, a box they? art for it somewhere oh okay i saw a box art for it and i lost my shit <laughs> star trek bridge crew is coming to to psvr and this is coming november 29th this was awesome <laughs> that's all <laughs> i can say so it says you can fly solo as captain or hmm do it together as a team the teamwork was the amazing part of it it was so much fun yeah just being the navigator and it relies on a lot of things you know what i mean what i I, when i think the fun people to play together (laughs) yeah well teamwork isn't really the thing that you find the most when you're playing online with with People you don't know. But you're not, this is not a game you would play with random people. This is a game you would have to play with people you know because there's no way it would work. I agree. But you can't expect everybody on the internet that has this stuff to play with people they know. You know I'm, I mean? not, I'm not expecting anything. I'm, I'm expecting if I play it, I'm playing with people I know. Yeah. Because I wouldn't trust anybody. I don't know to to be able to pull it together and make this thing work. It's hell. I don't even trust the people I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty fantastic. Uh, yeah, from what I played, and I was your, the navigator. your face when you were done was 
pretty priceless. You were just like, oh. Yeah, so I was the navigator, and you have engineering, you have a science officer, you have, uh, well, Well, someone plays the captain. The captain and somebody else. I forget who else, but everybody's the in there, and it's pretty freaking wild. It's, someone plays the red shirt, you actually jettison him out, and he becomes a decoy when you're being attacked. It's insanity, though, sitting there. The first time you you put the headset on and you start to look around and you look down and you're like, I'm sitting at the con. And you look back around and you're like, Man. oh my gosh, there's a captain back there. And this, look at this. I'm, I'm on the bridge. This is awesome. <laughs> it's what, just uh, sick. What style was it? Was it more in like next generation? Was no, it was, it was all uh, movies. Oh, okay. It was those. Gotta be really cool if they did like the different genres, like if they did the original series and Yeah, that'll be the season pass. Oh, I'd pay for that. (laughs) Yeah. Just saying. It was pretty awesome. Nice. And the third title they announced a date for is also from Red Storm Entertainment, who's doing Star Trek Bridge Crew. This is called Werewolves Within. Hmm. Five to eight players must either discover who the werewolf is, or if they're playing as the werewolf, lie to the other players to save their own skin. Mm. I remember hearing about this. I didn't see it, though. Mm. I heard good things, though. Yeah, I think our guys saw it when they went to one of those Ubisoft sessions, but uh, I haven't seen any footage on this one that I remember. Yes. They also announced that Trackmania Turbo will be available for PlayStation VR. Oh, that's cool. On November 8th with a downloadable patch. Did you see that Drive Club VR is a thing and it's coming? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they showed it at Gamescom. That will be awesome. I cannot wait. That's another one of my must-haves. I was telling my wife about that and I said, so... I'm going to put the head, I'm going to put the VR headset on you. <laughs> We're going to set up the wheel. You're going to sit there and you're going to learn how to drive. <laughs> drive club. And she said, I'm going to be doing 20 miles an hour. And I said, yep. And everybody around you will be doing 120 miles an hour. <laughs> yep. I said, but this is the, probably the closest to driving you're ever going to get without getting in a car. It's, <laughs> and I told her, I, and I think I mentioned that I did mention this on the podcast where when I first put it on and it didn't look nearly as good as it looks now. Right. It, lo- it looked like Vaseline cam. Yeah. It looked very rough at the time, yeah. but you know, the idea of it and I knew it was like a, just a quick, okay, here it is. This is what we could do. And we could put drive club on VR. But when I'm cruising down the road flying trying to catch up to everybody and i come down a hill and into a turn and i hit the brakes my body involuntarily lurched forward expecting the momentum of me hitting the brakes at that speed right (laughs) and and i laughed (laughs) because i was like my body just got fooled into into thinking i was going to be thrown forward here (laughs) It's, it was crazy. I just kept going back and I kept going back and I kept going back at at PSX. I just, it was such a great experience, even with how low res the graphics were. And 
I mean, you know how good Drive Club looks, and they have it running, looking very, very close to that in PSVR now. And, I mean, it, it's it's what I wanted out of Gran Turismo Sport, <clears throat> and obviously we're not going to have that for a little while. And now we get it in Drive Club, which is a fantastic game, and it's so mature now. So, I uh, just, yeah, I'm I'm so thrilled. I mean, uh, Battlezone and Eve Valkyrie... And now we get, we're actually getting this Drive Club VR, even though Evolution Studios closed down, you know, and I mean, those three right there and, and World War T- uh, Tunes or World War Tanks. What is it? World War Tunes. Yeah. Tunes. World War Tunes. Um, I mean, they're, and that, those are just those four. There's all, I mean, even the, uh, the, the VR world that comes with it is really cool to play around with. And, um, rigs, my God, I'm going to be playing rigs like crazy. Uh, I it, it's so cool to know and to have been been able to play all this stuff already, and know that there's at least five games that I'm gonna love on it. And we played early versions of this stuff, you know. I'm oh, I'm so thrilled. Yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So, and I'm I'm interested to play that Star Trek one big time. Uh, I actually just got a new HD TV antenna that's an, that's amplified. And I hooked it up, and I was watching Star Trek: The Original Series tonight, because uh, one of the channels plays a bunch of Star Trek all the time, like Original Series, Deep Space Nine, and Next Generation. Hmm. So yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is sweet." So yeah, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood for Kirk. All right, let's talk about the uh, the leaks, the leaky ship that Europe is. Uh, a couple of days ago, some pictures, actually yesterday, some pictures started uh, popping up on Twitter and on NeoGAF uh, showing a reported PlayStation 4 Slim model. Uh, very detailed pictures. Of course, a lot of people still thought it was an elaborate 3D print, uh, you know, of some, well, I wouldn't put it past people. Look at the renders that, that people were making of that NX for a while that people were believing. Uh, I didn't see any of that, but. This, yeah, this ugly box, yes, looked real, and well, it is. It looked real. real, but at the same time, it 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 was a little weird. So, uh, all these pictures are going up, but obviously, you know, people like to put a lot of time and effort into their into their trolling. So there was still some doubt. Well, uh, the one that was popping up was over in Europe. The guy actually sold it on some site, and the guy that bought it, Eurogamer contacted him. And they went to his house and they plugged it in and took video of them booting it up and showing it. Uh, funny enough, five minutes after I watched the video, it was mysteriously taken down. So I don't know if Sony got all their all over their asses and said, you know, you're violating whatever this <laughs> this system was stolen or something like that. Who knows? But uh, it is real. Uh, we don't know a lot about it yet. Eurogamer said they did some more videos on it, but who knows if they'll they'll ever see the light of day. Uh, at least until what I would assume you're going to see on September 7th and what we're all going to see on the live stream. Um, so we don't know if this has like any additional like 4K output, anything like that. It's definitely smaller. Uh, they, they had it on top of a PS, a regular PS4, and it's much, much smaller. Weird design, though. Uh, the one thing that really stuck out to me was the USB ports on the front. Uh, there's two USBs in the front, but there's one on the very far right and then there's one just to the right of the disk slot. So there's this huge gap between them of just empty space. 
It's just odd. Well, it's like I said, it's to screw over Nyko. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I can. Yeah. That's the well, only Nyko reason. Bring out a new version. That's the only reason they did it. Which is <laughs> to fuck with Nyko. <laughs> One of the only companies that licenses anything right now. Let's yes. just screw them over. Yep. Yeah. Now it's I don't know the the I need to see it in person, but I'm from the pictures sure from the pictures of it and everything, it looks pretty ugly to me. <laughs> and I agree. I but at the same time, I always thought that about the PS3 Slam. I I never liked the design of the PS3 Slam. I but I just because I really love the original PS3. No, I like the PS3 design. Slam. I I'm I'm not in love with the PS4, the original PS4. I I oh, never I like was. The, the moment they showed it, I was like, oh, really? Hmm. Mm. I always liked the PS4 design. Nah. Yeah. It it never really grabbed me. I mean, it's fine for what it is, but I never looked at it and thought, oh my gosh, that thing is awesome. It's gorgeous. It's so cool. It's <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I yeah. was not a huge fan of it. But... Well, I mean, I don't now, think it's ugly or anything, but this one, this one looks ugly. I'm going to tweet that right now. Josh thinks the PS4 is ugly. The slim, yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> the, yeah, this to me. Although the one thing I do like about the slim is they showed a picture of the bottom of it, and the feet are actually the PlayStation symbols. Yeah, I, that's clever well, that and all, cool. but that's the bottom of it. Who the fuck's ever going to look at the bottom of it when well, it's if laying you stand flat? It up, if you stand it up on the stand, what stand? It'll have a stand. Uh-huh. You know it'll have a stand. It's 20 bucks they can get out of you. And if you stand it up in a stand and that side of it is facing the wall, you're still never going to see it. Uh, mine doesn't face a wall. Yeah, well, that's yours. That's not everybody's. Well, wow, <laughs> you're just making an argument to make an argument now. No. I just, yeah, you are. I think it's clever, but putting it on the bottom of it is kind of pointless. Eh, I think it's neat. Yeah. Not saying it's the coolest thing ever, but I thought it was neat. Uh, but now this raises more questions, and that is, we also know that we're going to see. Okay, we haven't been told, but we we pretty much know that we're also going to see finally the the quote unquote Neo hardware revealed. Uh, what are we going to see in terms of a, of a case designed for that? Is it going to look very similar to the original PS4? Is it going to have a new design as well? What are they gonna? I mean, there's a lot of questions about this because now, even more, we're getting from from PlayStation. They're refreshing pretty much everything. Uh, you know, they're going from the single PS4 that sold over 40 million units to now going to a slim model and this new PS4 with beefier hardware. You know, how are they going to market all this? How are they going to get all this across? How are they going to make sure that people realize that they can do PSVR on both of these systems and not need the Neo hardware? Which we still peel, st- still see people talking about. Well, I have to get Neo to play VR, right? No, it'll all work on the regular PS4. Everything that is coming out will work on the regular PS4. They cannot make a game only for the Neo hardware. It's not allowed. But how are they going to get that across to the consumers? Well, this big press event is the start of it. I mean, they. I, I think the problem is they waited too long. Uh, that we. I've been complaining about this since the whole thing leaked, whenever it was, like a year ago, and everybody just speculated like mad, and Sony kept their mouth shut. 
So now it's been all this speculation for all this time and people are confused. There's all this misinformation out there and disinformation out there. Right. And it's, it's been going on for a long, long time. And now Sony has to jump in with this big event and have all the press there so that they can put out a thousand articles that all say the same thing so that, you know, there's enough noise there that people get the message essentially. Well, now, how about this theory? So, the Xbox One S does 4K output. They were saying that it doesn't do anything for performance. That has been found to be not true. In certain games, it is actually improving performance 5 to 10%. Now, the theory that's, that's kind of being thrown around by a few people that I've been talking to is that, and let me finish, is that Sony allowed the leak to happen to see what Microsoft's response would be, which is the Xbox One S with the 4K output, but also with a tad in terms of improvement of of performance, but also the Scorpio reveal at A3. And now what people are thinking is that the specs that we have for the Neo hardware that Sony released to developers isn't going to be what we're going to see when they finally reveal the hardware. It's going to be more powerful. It's actually going to be even faster. I think... As a direct response to what Microsoft has shown for not only the Xbox One S, but moreover, the Scorpio. Okay. My direct response to that is, I think people have had far too long to sit on this speculation (laughs) to this point. Uh... I think now the Neo may be a different, may look different, but honestly, I think they could get away with straight up replacing the current hardware, the current look of the PS4 and shoving all the Neo into those the guts of the Neo into the current PS4 shell, selling that at the exact same price. And that is your high end model. And then the slim will be the low end model will be priced like a hundred bucks cheaper, and but you, you look have to very do something, different. You have to do something with that original case to signify that it's a different system, though. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. So, like, put flames on it or something. Yeah. yeah. Speed holes. To Speed make holes. the PS4 yes. go faster. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they need. Um, and but, but the Xbox here- has all kinds of speed holes. Yeah, no shit. Uh, but here's what's adding to the to the speculation. Uh, there are Neo dev kits out there now. They've been around since, it sounds like, even as, as early as June. Um, but the developers have been told that they are not getting, quote-unquote, final development hardware until after the September 7th meeting or presentation. Mm-hmm. So that, a lot of people are saying, what we have now is is to spec but we're going to see more powerful hardware coming out than what... So that's the thing. Sony actually released technical documents to developers with all of the, you know, here's the speed, here's the RAM that you're going to have to work with, everything. All the white papers are out. But now they're saying that, you know, the final quote-unquote hardware is not going to be out until after this presentation. Well, because it's been out there for so long that prices on things have gone down and they're like, look, we could beef it up even more. Let's add this and let's add this and let's do this. I don't think it's a price thing though. I think it was the fact that Microsoft showed their hand with Scorpio. I'm I'm sure that was part of it. I'm sure that was definitely part of it, but yeah, 
you know, I'm I'm sure that they held it back and said, look, this is this is our base. This is what we're going to start with, and yeah, then yeah. we'll see what happens over the next couple of months with with parts and with what Microsoft may do, and if Nintendo ever talks about what they're going to do, which will be probably the as powerful as a Wii U, two Wii U, two, two Wii U's duct taped together, basically. <laughs> um, and put a GameCube on there, too. Yeah. With, uh, with little snap-off controllers, and then you can take the screen with you. Uh, uh, the NX is going to be interesting. Because right now, it sounds like the spec is the same video processor that's in my NVIDIA Shield and my Google Pixel C. Well, what I love about the whole thing with Nintendo, EA EA put out some message today that said something about, you know, it's very important for Nintendo to be supported and stay in the business and blah, 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 something along those lines. Right, right. Which I laugh at because EA, like with the Wii U, they went all in at launch with like, eight or nine titles and none of them sold. And then they bailed on Nintendo entirely and didn't put a single game out after that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So they're probably going to do the same thing with the NX or although they may just pull the wait and see model because that's what EA seems to be doing now. They seem to be a lot more cautious. I I think you'll see some, some launch titles from EA. I really do. A couple, a handful, but, but not like they did with the Wii U, not like they've done in the past because they've become a lot more cautious with these things. Yeah. And they're going to wait to see what happens with it because it is, it is a very, it will be a very different type of system, a very different sell to the consumer and they'll want to see whether people bite on it or not. Yeah. Because I think we're going to see some pretty heavy Neo support from EA, by the way. There's just some rumblings. That, yeah, that they're going to... I Well, I think it's because of the partnership they have with, with Sony that I think there's probably going to be something for Star Wars and, you know... But, well, but that was the thing, like with VR, you know? You yeah. can see how cautious they've been with VR. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's like, we got this, we got this, we got the EA's like, hmm. We're going to do an X-Wing thing because, yeah, they wanted us to. Because that's badass. That's about it, maybe. Probably. They need to do like a lightsaber thing, too. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, if they could do it on Google Chrome with your phone as the lightsaber, they can do it in PSVR, damn it. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's interesting stuff. I'm still not very happy with the Neo stuff, but I don't want to say I'm warming up to it. I'm getting more more comfortable with it, but at the same time, it still pisses me off. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to react to what's going on, and Microsoft is kind of pushing their hand now. Um, I don't, I'm not super happy with it, though. And, I, man, it, this could get really crazy if they show too much of this thing in September. I don't think they're going to show too much. I just think they could scare some people off a little bit. Like they're going to go, what the, f- what, what do I, what, what, what do I want? What, no. what, what can I get? What? Huh? No, it's going to be very clear because they're, they look different. They're going to be priced different. 
Yeah. It's going to be very clear as to what's what. Here's the cheaper one, the low-end one. And here's the more expensive one, the high-end one. It yeah. will still confuse people because people are dumb. What day is that? That's like, that's like a Wednesday, right? I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm, I, I think it's a Let's just say it's a Wednesday. How much you wouldn't bet on Thursday they're on Good Morning America with it? Maybe. Because they're in New York City. Yeah. That's yeah. possible. Um, but that's the thing. I expect... And I've I've heard nothing since the initial hey this is happening so right. I have no idea what's going on, um, but I would expect that you know they're going to show off the slim they're going to show off the neo they're going to talk about pricing they're going to you know make it clear here's the cheaper model here's your entry model. Yeah, And here's your high-end model for the people who have the 4K TVs and want this extra processing power and want their super hardcore gamer high-end games. (laughs) But all the games will still work on them. All the VR will still work on everything. Everything works on everything. It's just it looks better on this one. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to have time to sit and play with all of these things. Yeah. The press will, I'm assuming. Um, because if they're live streaming, what's the point? (laughs) I mean, we're all going to be there and yeah, we can all write it up or we can all talk about it, but everybody just saw it, you know? Right. Right. So they will most likely have, like they've done at all these other events, they'll have all of these things laid out and here's uncharted running on Neo and here's bloodborne running on Neo and here's this running on Neo. I, th- and that. I think you're actually going to see side by side. I think you're going to, that's see what I would expect. It would Gravity be cool Rush if they did on, that. Yeah. Yeah. Because what I heard from a lot of producers is the, the main impact on a bunch of the games is frame rate. It's mm-hmm. going to be more consistent and they're shooting for 60 frames per second on that hardware. That's yeah. the main thing. And then, you know, better textures, more effects, etc. Yep. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's going to be a crazy next couple of weeks. I mean, you've got that right before that. I'm in L.A. for Call of Duty XP, and they're going to have that Call of Duty VR thing there, which I don't think is ever even coming out. They, it sounds like it was just created for this event, <laughs> which is weird. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just like the fart smeller from yeah. dude i want one of those South so Park game yeah can you I, imagine having that in the collection i mean that oh, that'd be so cool to have i really don't want one of those i don't want to wear it ever i don't want to smell it but i would love to have it because i'm a big south park fan and that's a unique item i think it'd be cool i just can't believe they actually made one that's the best part of it yeah i mean holy shit that's hilarious God, I can't wait for that game. I need to finish the other one on PS4. But all right, anything else we we missed on this new hardware and everything? Probably not. No. All right. Last news item. Yes, PlayStation Plus is going up in price. Yep. So, uh, starting September twenty second, prices for PlayStation Plus will change to fifty nine ninety nine US. Sixty nine ninety nine Canadian. That's for a year. <clears throat> so it's gone up ten bucks. Yep. Over the course of twelve months. Still, Basically, they're matching the price of uh, Xbox Live Gold. 
They've still gone up less than $1 a month. Yeah. Overall from what they've from what it was. Okay, uh, we'll be 24.99 and US 29.99 Canadian for 3 months. And interestingly, <laughs> screwed Canadians. Uh, the monthly plan goes up to 11.99 Canadian but remains at 9.99 US. <laughs> so if you're getting it for 1 month you still get it the same old price. Anything else goes up. Weird. Uh, now, if, well, because I know people are dumb. <laughs> um, if you are currently, if you currently have PlayStation Plus, nothing changes. Nothing happens. If it's you've when stacked you go them, to renew. If you, yes. yeah, if, if you have it, like, if your expiration is in three years... Nothing changes. You're not going to get charged anymore. Nothing will happen. It's right. just three years from now when you go to renew it, you'll have to pay 80 bucks because it will have gone up another 20 by then. Right. <laughs> no, it's probably still going to be 60 for the year. So, <laughs> But uh, you never know. <laughs> well, I mean, here's oh. the problem that a lot of people have. They're up on the price 10 bucks, but they haven't told us that they're improving anything. Nothing is changing, just the price. Well... But this is September 22nd, and they're having that whole thing on September, yeah, what, 7th? That's 7? what I was thinking today. And that's, yeah. I'm kind of hoping, and when I saw that this price was going up, I was hoping they would say, oh, and you'll also get X with it. I, I'm yeah. I'm looking for that bundling. I'm looking for that, hey, pay this extra money, and at a discount, you'll be getting PlayStation Plus with PlayStation View or PlayStation Plus with PlayStation TV, right? You know, or not PlayStation TV. The now view or PlayStation Now. Yeah, I want to yeah. see bundles with those. I want to see a bundle with PlayStation Now. I want to see a bundle with PlayStation View, basically. Yeah, and that would be really awesome. I know, though, when you bundle it, suddenly the prices get well over a hundred bucks for the year, and or or however, actually for the month, because. Yeah, yeah. It, that would scare people off. That might scare people. So you have to yeah. be careful with you know where your pricing is and how you bundle it and everything. But I would like to see bundle pricing, even if they just do this with um, with PlayStation Now. I would actually use that more at this point. I mean, I don't really use it because I don't want to pay extra for it right now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to defend it. I think it's shitty, but at the same time, like, like you just said, this is happening after the announcement on the seventh, something might be coming up that explains this more. But as it stands today, I, I think it's stupid because we really, in my opinion, I don't think we've really seen that much of an improvement on things to warrant $60. E- like they kept saying that they're using this money to, you know, increase performance and, and efficiency, et cetera, on the PlayStation network. And yeah, PSN works really well. And it is, it's working very well. We got the new, we got the additional storage online now. It's, you know, that's a kind of thing, but I don't know, like maybe it's just so subtle that we never really realized it. I'm personally okay with a lot of the free games we get. Everybody else bitches about it. Like those games suck. 
Um, I'm okay with a lot of them. If I already own it, I already own it. That's 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 the breaks. That's that's my, you know, that I accept that because I buy a lot of games or I get a lot of games, etc. But it's, you know, I like some of the games that are free. There's games out there that I would never have bought, and that I there's a few that I've really enjoyed. So whatever. I mean, people are gonna bitch. They're just gonna bitch. I see people tweeting right now, bitching. We're paying for. Uh, here's yes, we are paying for a P two P connection. PC players would never allow that, but we allow it because we accept it. Who well, you accepted? Blah, 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 blah. You bought the system. You bought PlayStation Plus. Nobody's forcing yeah. you to do either. <laughs> yeah, buy a PC then. I mean, come on. Uh, here, a lot of people are not satisfied with the current Plus, and they are raising the price. I can see why they are mad. Um. Well, if people are not satisfied with the current Plus, then don't get PlayStation Plus. Yeah. And I know. I, then I can't play online with my friends. Well, you can on your PS3, so go back and play yeah. that. There you go. You know, if you're going to be that bitchy about it and <laughs> complain about it, put your money where your mouth is and I, don't fucking use it. <laughs> I know, but I, st- I personally still don't like the fact that we got to pay to play online. I don't, but... I've I've just come to accept it because I don't have a choice because I want to play online on my PS4, so that's what I have to do. But they have to charge for it some way or another. I mean, and they I'm surprised that it stayed that low that long. Honestly, I am because with all these people connecting online, that's a lot of people that are getting online and playing these games, and it's a lot of servers, it's a lot of maintenance, it's a lot of work. But they're charging everybody else for being successful. I mean, you would think that things should get cheaper... With the more people that they have and the more money that they're making on console sales and the more games that they're selling, that this kind of thing shouldn't go up in price. That never happens. They never well, say, oh, you know what? We're doing so well. We're going to lower the price for you on this uh, monthly consoles service. Consoles go down in price on all the this time, monthly gosh. service. But the, Not those on monthly consoles. services, consoles there, there isn't different. that much. But there isn't that much of a precedent set for a monthly service on a console like this. There isn't. Xbox. All there is is Xbox Live. And it's gone up. And oh, yeah, because Microsoft <laughs> never soaks anybody for a lot of shit. No, it, it, the thing is, console prices go down after time, and and the services get better. The, P, the PSN and PS3 got loads better over the years. It did. It and we didn't did. have to pay for that. We didn't have to pay 60 bucks a year for that to happen. Well, we were. People were paying for PlayStation Plus on the PS3, and that allowed it to get better. No, but before there were great improvements before all that happened. There were great improvements on the service before Plus came around. Uh, How uh, how early was PlayStation Plus announced? I I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember the year. Well, then you can't say. That there yeah, were great I can't because improvements. I play online all the time, which you don't. You can't say there were great improvements before PlayStation there Plus were. if you don't even remember when it came out. Oh, Bam! Yeah. <laughs> nah. It, it's very tough to justify until we see. It, it, if they come out with something on September 7th when they make all these, these announcements, I'll. If they say. I'll, I'll speak to that, but as it stands today. I think it. I, I don't really see the benefit here. I, I don't see why it has to be done. They will change it, and what they will say, and especially, if they, if, especially when PlayStation is the only division at Sony that's making any money whatsoever, and they're they're sustaining the business for Sony right now. And this is why they're making money because they keep up in the place of press place price. But they're of not. Plus. They're, the Slim is going to come out, and it's going to be cheaper. No, they keep upping the price of Plus. 
Yeah, that's sustaining all of something. It is. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's doing it. Haven't you heard? Now, now, what I expect, if they don't do this, I'm going to be pissed. This is where I'm going to be pissed. I would expect that they will say, okay, here is PlayStation Plus uh, with the new price point. And with that new price point, you're getting unlimited cloud storage. You know, unlimited cloud storage, I don't think is the, the key right now and, because nobody's filled up their 10 gig yet. Uh, I have. Oh, bullshit. You filled yes, up 10 gig. Yes. Oh, give me a break. Okay. <laughs> Screenshot or it didn't happen. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's done it. But I would like to see unlimited storage space and and not just the like the overnight syncing. I want to see it happen like instantaneously. I want to see what they do on Xbox Live. I want to see full profile sync whenever you get on or off. Yeah. Yeah. That's what no, I, I, I agree. It, that needs to happen. Yeah. Xbox has spoiled me in that respect because Xbox One, I don't have to worry about making sure that my, my save is uploaded to the cloud before I go to like my parents' house where my PS4 is, whatever. Uh, it's, it's, even though I only have one Xbox One, I get it, but it does. It has a live sync option, and man, it works. It really works. So I agree. That needs to happen. And that would justify it for me. I'd be good with that. But that's more of a... Firmware thing. I mean, obviously there is a backend uh, software upgrade happening, but at the same time, that's more of a firmware feature that has to be built into the firmware on, on the hardware itself too. Um, for me, yeah, it'd be worth ten bucks a month to get that. But for a lot of people, I don't think it would. There aren't a lot of people like like you and me that have multiple PS4s and go upstairs to this one and no, downstairs to this one, and so you have to think about the big picture. Oh, I'm thinking big picture. Like a really big mm. picture. Mm-hmm. So PlayStation Plus was launched June 29, 2010. Mm-hmm. And as of March 31st, 2016, there are 20.8 million members. Yeah, that money, that money was used so well that the PSN got hacked after the fact. And it was down for how long? Yeah. A month. I don't know. I like I said, as it stands today, I really have a hard time accepting this. Uh I mean, luckily for me, my PlayStation Plus is good until twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Oh, I need to so check. I really mine. don't have mine. too much to worry about, but <laughs> mine might run out uh, right around the time of extra life. <laughs> oh jeez. Have to take a look at that. So get out there and find your discounted uh PlayStation Plus codes now. You have until September, what is it, 22nd? Um, and stack them. Uh, you, can, you, you don't have to buy just a month or you know four months, six months, 12 months. You can buy like three years and put them all in your account and you're set. You don't have to worry about this, this upgraded price. Once you have the, the membership, you have the membership. Until that, that duration runs out. Then you've got to pay 60 bucks. So, hmm. yeah. All right. Are we done with this? Sure. I didn't know if you were looking something up. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out when my PlayStation Plus runs out. (laughs) Jeez. All right. Well, uh, before you do that, why don't we do what we're playing and watching? Uh, If we must. 
We must. All right. Uh, oh, whoa. What just happened? Okay. <laughs> so, obviously, I played more alone with you. On Did you finish your second uh, run through? Uh, yes. And I didn't get a single trophy, so I did something wrong. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so that's fine. I uh, played a bit on the Vita, and damn, I love the way it looks on the Vita. It looks so good on that screen. So good. Nice. Yeah. I haven't loaded on my Vita. I just haven't played it yet. It's it's pretty sweet. And it's perf- it's the perfect type of game for the Vita. Like... Everything about it just screams, put me on a little screen and take me somewhere. Just play it in bed, you know? It's perfect. Uh, So, all right, played that. um, Played Uno. Nice. I did too. No platinum, so GTFO. (laughs) Oh, really? There's no platinum on it? No platinum on it. Uh, Whatever. I actually, I, I, I kicked that on... I think Tuesday night after I edited the podcast or something. Mm-hmm. And I kept doing the, yeah, one more. Yeah. Yeah, one more. Exactly. And I played way too late. But I have two big problems with it, actually. Well, one big problem and one weird thing. So I was playing with one of the house rules where... Was it one of the house rules? I don't know. Whatever. One of the rules was basically that, you know, they can... On a draw four, you can challenge it, or you can double it up and triple it up and quadruple it up and all that stuff on all the draw cards. I challenged the draw four at one point, and uh-huh. you know this this big purple thing comes out of the middle around the cards and everything, like a ooh, a challenge is coming, <laughs> and this this big signifier in the middle of the screen covering part of the cards. Well. Then it didn't go away. And it was covering the cards that were laying on the ground, you know, on the on the table. So they'd throw a card and I couldn't really see what it was. <laughs> and this went on for the entire game until the game ended. No shit. Yeah. It only happened to me the one time, but I was like, well, this sucks ass. <laughs> I don't know what it is with you. You always find a way to break something. Yeah, I'm great at breaking stuff. I, I tell that to developers all the time. I'm like, I'll break your game. Don't worry about it. <laughs> when, we, yeah. when we sit down for those things, they're like, okay, well, this is a, an early build. I'm like, oh, I'm going to break it. Don't, don't you worry about it. <laughs> I'll find a way to break it. <laughs> wow. Uh, but the, the thing I really, really have a problem with is when you're playing against the AI and they're down to Uno, basically, you have to be smacking the triangle challenge button before they even throw the fucking card down. Nope, I don't agree with that because I had a, more than a couple of situations where it actually sat there for a couple of seconds. I have never had that, ever, yeah, ever. I, I have definitely had that. The only time I've ever had that is when it was a draw four and the other one was deciding whether to challenge it or not. Nope, I've... I've challenged many an Uno against an AI opponent that popped in in the middle of a match when somebody dropped out, and I've been able to very easily hit triangle to to challenge the Uno. So you were playing multiplayer, and then somebody dropped out? 
I was playing multiplayer, and I, I think there was one where we started with only three people, and we had an we had a, a an AI guy in the match automatically. And then I've had another one where somebody dropped out and, and got replaced with an AI player. Okay, play it completely single player, no multiplayer oh. at all. It is impossible. Okay. Uh, I don't. You literally, yeah. If you're playing completely on your own, you literally have to be hitting the triangle the moment it gets to mm. the AI that has two cards in their hand. And you have to be mm. smacking AI, triangle, 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 or you will miss it. It is, mm. it is damn near impossible. It goes instantly. They drop a card. The next one drops a card right on top of it. And you're like, but, but fuck, you know? Huh. And if you're not paying attention, that could be the end of the game because they'll drop it. You didn't get to challenge it. It comes right around and they drop their last card game over. Uh-huh. So I've had it happen so many times. It's, it's frustrating beyond belief. That's yeah. When you're playing solo, it's you really you have to be completely on top of it. You have zero time. You have barely a second, not even, to challenge uh, an Uno. Wow. I haven't even tried the single player yet because I just went right on. Yeah, it's fucked up. So that needs I mean, to be the only fixed. Thing that, the only thing that gets to me is um, it's got all the you know it's kind of like Monopoly where a lot of rule sets have popped up over the years with people. Mm-hmm. And I got into an online match, and I didn't realize that there were a couple of other rules running that I'd never heard of before. Uh, so the the zero and the seven thing. Mm, yeah. So if if somebody plays a like zero, what's that? I don't like that one. I don't either. I, I, I hate it. them both. Um, if you play a zero, and and this rule's activated, whatever direction the hand is going at the time, everybody's hand moves that way. One person. If you hit a seven you swap your hand with somebody else. Yeah. And that was just, it was so much to, I mean, I've been playing Uno since I can remember. And here all, all of a sudden there's these new rules. I'm like, what the fuck? What? Huh? Yeah. But I like the fact that it is all configurable. So you can actually configure to have all that stuff on or off. You can turn on each individual rule on its own. Uh, you can have it where you either can challenge an, uh, uh, a draw four or not. You can have it, where you can stack plus twos yep. or not. Yeah. Which I we did the stacking plus two, so I was happy about that. Um, there's also some new rules. So there's one that if you lay this card down, it puts a timer on everybody. So a little rabbit falls down and he stands in front of the player and he kind of starts oh. doing the little pee pee dance. Well, that's if you're playing with the rabbit cards. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, and, and you have each player has three seconds to, to do whatever they need to do. There's also one where the rabbit will put uh, dynamite on the on the deck, and the next person that has to draw cards might even get like a plus six. Uh, what was the other one? There was another. There was like a shield one too, but I don't know what that one did. But I, I like the variations in it. I, I like that there's so much variety in the game itself, and I haven't really you know I played one night so far, but I did. I, it was funny. Rock was watching me, and he's like, "Oh, I'll play that," and, and I was winning like crazy. Um, but I kept doing that, you know, oh, I'll just play one more. I'll just play one more. And all of a sudden it was like almost midnight and I get up at five thirty. So yeah, that's Uno. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, I mean, I'll never forget one of the first extra lives we ever did. Probably the second year that we did it, uh, we were at Mark's house and his wife played for like 12 hours on PS3. Yeah. And I love the game, but 12 hours of Uno would have put me to sleep. Well, that was one of the first things I was doing on the on the Xbox 360 when I bought it because I didn't have any other games. 
Yeah, it was awesome on the. 360. I played the crap out of it. I was like, "This is because I had the like, you know, when the box came with like a month of Xbox Live, so I was playing like crazy with yeah. every when, and then the cameras came out, and yep. people were getting oh, God, naked yeah. on all the cameras uh, because it was all brand new, and everybody was just going crazy with it. More. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't stay for a half hour and then turn it off. Yeah. Wait. What? Uh huh. Uh, nah, man. So far, I'm I'm really loving it. I I will play Uno all the time. I yeah. I love that game. Like PS3, the PS3 one was okay. Uh, this one, I'm so far, I'm really happy with it because, like you, I, I played it like crazy in the 360. That was one of the only games I ever consistently played on the 360 because it was so good on the 360. It was, yeah. And I think they moved that over to Xbox One, by the way. Hmm. I'm not sure, but I thought I saw it. I might be wrong. Unless it's just the, break. the Xbox One version, the new one. Oh, yeah. They, there's no way they moved it then if they brought that new game out. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought I saw that they did. Hmm. Must be something else. Yep. All right. And uh, then Mason saw Qbert in there and said, Hey, we haven't played that in a long time. And I was like, yeah, let's, I said, do you want to play the old one or the new one? He's like the new one. And I was like, okay. I thought you didn't like the new one very much. <laughs> Not as much. It's <laughs> because there's the control issues are problematic. Yeah. And it started to rear its ugly head in the middle of, I was playing and I got through the first board. Okay. And then I started having issues and, you know, you die and then it starts again and you try to go to where you were going and you fall off again. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I just got so frustrated with it. I was like, and, and Mason was like, this is really hard. And I was like, yeah, it's the controls are really messed up and I'm not having fun. He's like, yeah, let's play something else. (laughs) I remember turning the 2600 controller a quarter of a turn. So the button was straight up. Yeah. And that's how you play that one. And it works so freaking well. Yeah. Did I tell you that Sam, Mark, and I like kind of met the guy that invented Qbert at, when we went to uh, Trickman Terry's Arcade? I don't know. He was there and he painted an original Qbert painting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I didn't get to ask him the question I wanted to ask him, though. So I asked Terry. I'm like, so... Has anybody asked him about how they raped his character in Pixels? <laughs> Is that what they did? Oh, you didn't hear about what they did in that no, movie I, with Cuber? I don't. I, Pixels? Watch, I, no. Yeah, I've never seen the movie. But have you ever heard of, on YouTube, uh, Honest Trailers? Yes. I don't watch okay. that. I don't watch... Because it's trailers. What? I don't watch trailers. But it's after the movies are out, I know it's out, after dude. the movies are out. I'm oh just not God. interested. No, I got okay. other shit well, to watch. So they did an honest trailer on Pixels. And they started showing what they did with, with Qbert in the movie. And Qbert is almost like this little pet type thing. And what is it now? One of the characters a, falls in love with Qbert and turns Qbert into a real woman. Josh Gad does. Somehow turns Qbert into a real woman. And has babies with with Hubert, and all the babies are actually little mini Huberts. That's disturbing. Yes, it is. <sighs> yeah. Jeez. It's fuck you, Adam Sandler. 
You should watch honest trailers though. After you watch the movie, no. you should check it out because they're awesome. Um, it's not about the trailer. I know. They talk about the movie. I know, but I got other shit to watch. I, I don't need to watch somebody else talking about the movie I just saw. I'll I'll just watch another movie. <laughs> yeah. You're impossible. No, I have kids. <laughs> I have kids and very finite amount of time. They're, fine. They're four to five minutes. Yeah, I have a very... You don't have kids. <laughs> I have kids and I have a wow. very finite amount of time. Uh-huh. All right. Yes. <laughs> You want me to get Stuart back on to explain it to you again? <laughs> sure. Sure, because I know he watches them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then Mason saw Little Big Planet 3 and said, we haven't played that in a while. So we started playing that, and I got into this level where I saw a two-player thing, and I'm like, oh, I can't even get up there. And I jumped up. I'm like, oh, I could. And I ran in, and I'm in the two-player spot. But the only way you could do it, like there's there's a you jump on this wheel and you have to rotate the wheel and while you're running on the wheel, these the prize bubbles come up. And the okay. moment you step off the wheel, the pri- prize bubbles go back down again. So you can get there, but you cannot do it unless you have two players. And it's teasing you, isn't it? So I looked at it and I said, Hmm. I said, Mason, come here. Hold the controller. And he's like, what? I'm like, come here, hold this controller and just push the stick here. So you're running. He's like, wait, what? And he does it. He's like, Hey, that's me. Hey, I'm running on screen. I'm doing it. I'm doing, I was like, okay, hang on. Let me get the other controller. <laughs> oh boy. So I get the other controller and I had all kinds of problems just signing in as my wife and getting into the game because it wouldn't let me into the game and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And we, I was like, all right, it's not working. Let's leave. And we left the area and we came by one of the respawn points and her character popped out and I'm like, Oh fuck. It's little big planet three. I forgot. You have to, you can't just pop up in the game. You have to pop up at a respawn point. Right. Right. So I popped up. I'm like, let's go back. Let's go back. So we go back and I told him, I'm like, here, take the controller. You go back. He's like, how do I get there? I'm like, well, push this button to jump. And I had him doing it. So for the first nice. time ever, he's, he's holding the controller and he's, he's pushing the button and he's jumping and he gets up there and he's running on the wheel and I grab all the stuff and he's like, daddy, let's go. Let's, let's, let's go through. So then he was all excited to play. And of course it was one of the most fucked up hardest levels because it's all these wall jumps multi-wall jumps and shit's falling around you and the the levels you're on are dropping into a pit as you're running on them and i was like okay this this is not gonna work (laughs) i had to keep taking both controllers and trying to run us through together and we finally got through it um but he actually did a lot of it and he got really excited, and I, I thought about it for a minute, and I said, oh, you know boy. what? You created a monster! No, I said, look, if you can do this, because his whole thing was he never had the confidence that he could hold that controller or that he could do anything, because it's like a hundred buttons to a child looking at this massive controller, and he's like, I can't even wrap my hands around this and reach all the buttons, let alone push them all. So how sure. am I going to play a game? But I thought about it, and I said, you know what? We could go through any of the games that you love, the Lego games, the Disney games, the Skylanders games, and you can pretty much get through with one or two buttons. You know, all you have to do is move, which you can do with the left stick, and then hit one or two buttons to fight or jump, you know? 
Sure. I said, we can actually do this. And you've seen, you can do it. You can. And he was like, I can do that. I can, we can do that. And I'm like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> so he got all excited about that. And then we didn't get to do it <laughs> <laughs> because Zoe was like all over everything and she wanted to get in on stuff. And <sighs> my wife fell asleep because she's exhausted at this point. She's yeah. working an insane amount of hours right now. And, um, so with Zoe, I'm like, I need to do something to keep her interest or, or just do something for her. And she loves dancing for whatever reason, like music comes on, she starts dancing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play guitar hero. Oh. And you're going to dance. <laughs> and I started to play Guitar Hero, and Mason hadn't really seen it. So I I played one or two of the videos, and then I said, well, let's go to the live thing. And it's like I'm actually on stage. And I was sure. showing him that. And I was playing that, and Zoe's dancing, and Mason's watching, and he's trying to understand what's going on. And he's like, show me the show me the controller. And I turned so he could see where my fingers were going. And I said, look, these buttons, you know, the, when the little thing is pointing down, that's the bottom buttons. And when it's pointing up, it's the top buttons. And when it's a square, it's both. And, you know, here's how it works. And he's watching it. And he's like, Oh, Oh, so he was interested in that. Um, but I played a bunch of that and, then finally they started to crash, so I got to play Madden <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, but I didn't play it nearly enough to give it a review yet. Um, right. I did immediately confirm that, yes, the Spectrum is <laughs> still there. Well, he told us it was yes, going to be there. I know. Had yeah. to confirm it. It's still there. But Mason was excited because, you know, I went into... Lincoln Financial, and he spotted the windmills up at the top. Oh, because boy. it's those crazy windmills. And when we and then did he say, "Dad, let's go destroy them"? No, well, no, because when we <laughs> went to when we went to see the Phillies back in April, that was his first time down there. And I said, "Look over there at the Eagles Stadium. That's where they play football. See those things on top? There's windmills." He's like, "Where are the windmills?" Because they're they're weird, circular, curved. They, I mean, they look nasty. They look like they're gonna. They look like they're gonna shred you to pieces, basically. Right. <laughs> um, and they're black, of course. So they look just menacing here, up on top of the stadium, and they're all up along the top of the stadium. And I said, "No, those. See those black things that are all." He's like, "Yeah." It's like those are the windmills. He's like, those are windmills. I'm like, yeah, they're, those are the windmills. <laughs> and that's what they put up there. And with that, and I hadn't seen the outside of the stadium until we went down to Virginia because we went and saw my mom in Philly and we drove down 95 from Philly. Sure. And literally you're within a couple feet of the one side of the Eagles stadium right there. It's right next to 95. Oh, okay. So when we drove down that way, that was the first time I'd seen that side of it in, I don't know, a decade. That whole side of it is solar panels now. 
Oh, and geez. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. I forgot. Solve the, yeah, well, what's his name? The owner, Jeffrey Lurie's wife, went on this big kick about, we're going to do this. We're going to make this the first self-sustaining stadium in the league, in the, in the, probably in the world, <laughs> at least right. in the country. Um, but they've done it. With the solar and the wind, they've basically taken the stadium completely off the grid. <laughs> and it generates all of its own power now. Wow. Yeah. So, or at least that was the plan. I, I, I thought that I read, maybe I'm wrong, somebody's going to correct me, but I, I read somewhere that they had achieved that goal at this point. Um, yeah. So that's pretty cool. That was kind of crazy. Um but yeah, I, I played uh, I played a bunch of different modes. I will say, uh, just early impressions, um, because all the reviews are going up when the podcast hits anyway. So sure, sure. Uh, my early impressions: the broadcast stuff so far is light years ahead of all the broadcast that's ever been in Madden. So much better, so much more natural, so much more realistic, and you're not getting all that repeating stuff. And remember, when we were at E3, the guy we were talking to had said, they have these guys in there, and they're recording basically all year. Yeah, yeah. And they're recording tons and tons and tons and tons of dialogue, and they're incorporating stuff that's actually happening in the league and they will incorporate stuff that happened in your last game and stuff. You know, they, they record so much that they can have very natural conversations about everything going on in the game. And it feels a lot more realistic and you don't have all that repetition. Yeah. And I haven't really run into any repetition yet. I, not that I've noticed. Um, I obviously this is why I need to play a lot more. I need to really dig into it and see, you know, how good this is or where I'm going to start to see things come back. Um, but so far it's incredibly impressive. Cool. Really good. Uh, the dialogue anyway, for, for the commentary and everything, um, the game itself, they've, they've, you know, they've done their things this year, this year, they've changed the way the, (laughs) they've changed. I really want to get out like PGA, tour three i think it was or yeah. one of them because they've changed the the kicking mechanic to literally be one of the old pga games <laughs> which just made me laugh so hard when i saw it it looks almost identical i was like wait a second this is from pga from like 20 years ago it oh, it has you know it has the straight line and you hit the x and then it curves up and there's an X up top, and then it comes back down, and you hit the X. So you have to hit the X three times to get your power and get everything correct you know, on all. But it literally looks identical to one of the old PGA games. I'm right. convinced of it. Um, which, yeah, this was their new innovation, which just made me laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> It does change things for, for the kicking and all. Um, their other big thing, they were pushing a lot of the special team stuff so that you actually, for the first time in maybe 15 years in Madden, have a shot at blocking a kick or blocking a punt. Yeah. Uh, which has been pretty much impossible for the past 15 years or so, I'd say. Uh-huh. 
uh, in one of the earlier ones, it was relatively easy to do where you could do it every couple of tries. You could get it. I've never, I haven't been able to get it in 10 years. I, huh. I know I haven't and I just can't. Um, now, you know, they run you through the drills, show you what to do. And I kept messing it up. And yeah. there were times when I would get in and I would jump, I would dive but I would dive long before the guy kicked the ball <laughs> and I'd hit the ground and then he'd kick the ball right past me or I would just miss it entirely or whatever would happen. So I'm in a game and I can't get off the line. I can't get off the line. I'm like, okay, so, you know, they showed us this shit, but it's never going to work. And then I got right off the line and I blocked one and the trophy, the pop said the white whale. And I was like, <laughs> see, they know it was impossible. <laughs> nice. Um, and there was another trophy for whatever the three trophies were silvers all for the three new things. Um, three of the new things. I got all mm. three of them. So I don't know that they're that hard to get. Oh, wow. But they were silvers. Uh, and I'm afraid now it's just going to turn into a black fest. Like maybe they've gone too far in the wrong direction. Right. And now it's going to be way too easy to do that. Um, here, wait, actually, I have my trophies here. Let me pull it up. I'll tell you what they were. Um, uh, the move master, which I did by accident. Uh, you're prompted when you're, when you're the ball carrier and you're running, they do almost like a quick time, not really a quick time, but you know, a button will pop up on the screen. And if you hit that button, you'll be able to fake them out. It's like a guaranteed fake out. Um, But it doesn't happen every run and it doesn't happen, you know, and it's a different one every time. So you don't even know what's coming. And I just, I just hit it by accident because I was smacking that button and it came up and I hit it and it, you know, boom, I got the trophy. Um, So you, you basically you do a special move at that point. Um, Mm. Oh, the other one I did, uh, execute a successful fake punt for a first down, which has been difficult in the past. Not impossible, but when you're playing against the computer, it's been difficult. Um, so I was able to pull that one off and the other one was block a field goal. And that's the white whale. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, they, so that's. Those are a couple of the things they were pushing this year this year with um special moves with the ball carrier um different defenses and a lot more information on how the defense works. The defense will also you can turn it on so that um you know if you pick a formation and your formation is say strong to the left and mm-hmm. the offensive formation is strong to the right your defense will automatically shift really yes so you can turn that on or off but i was like fuck yeah (laughs) leave that on (laughs) and have them automatically because it was always so dumb that your defense would be like okay well this is how we're supposed to line up we can all see that everybody's over there but we're just going to stand here where there's only like two players uh, it they automatically shift like they should in real life, which is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> hmm. 
so there's little things like that. They've, you know, like they do every year, they've, they've made a bunch of small improvements here and there, some more significant than others. Uh, but I'm still messing with it. Um, still trying to get a feel for how it plays and how it's different. Um, so sure. I'll need at least till next week. Well, yeah, it's not like we had a bunch of time with yeah. it. When did we get it? Like Friday or Saturday? Or yeah, it was Friday, like maybe? Friday night and yeah. all day Saturday. It was and by the, the kids by that and, time you could have played it on EA Access or whatever. Yeah, true. So. Um, but it was so much going on with the kids where it was like I, I waited till they were out. I'm like, they're out now. Go! <laughs> I just started playing. <laughs> um. And while they were out, like, late at night, I got to play some Batman the Telltale on the PS4. Nice. Uh, because I hadn't played it. I played through the PC, you know, episode one. And I was like, well, now I, I kind of have to play through this because I have to have that done. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Telltale. I need it done within the next six months for chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <clears throat> you know. I got I got done with chapter one. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. Yeah. Were you a dick or were you a good Batman? Uh, I just I was kind of middle of the road. Like I was a dick occasionally, but most of the time I did the sensible thing. Okay. Because yeah. that's that's just me. Yeah, I haven't quite decided yet because I didn't play through too much. I just got through the basically the prologue part and about to step into the party. Okay. Uh, with Harvey and everything, and I stopped it there. And I have to decide, you know, which way I'm going to go with this. Am I going to be yeah. a complete ass? Am I going to buddy up to Falcone? Am I going to, what am I going to do here, you know? So, yeah, have to decide that. <laughs> and so last night, um, we were trying to decide what to do, and I saw Just Cause 3 there, and I said, Mason, I didn't tell you. I found the trains in Just Cause. And he went, what? The trains? I said, yeah. I said, let's put it in. So I put it in. (laughs) And the funny thing is, as it's booting up, like I go to grab something. He's like, oh, but daddy, we're going to be stuck on Boom Island again. (laughs) Boom Island. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he remembered it and I was like no 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 we're past that we can get out of there we can just go right into the game now he's like really I said yeah <laughs> so, nice. so we jumped in and I went and I found the trains and got on there and I'll tell you it's a good thing I did not review this game I, like so far I, I I don't know what I would have given it mm. Um, I mean there's a ton of fun stuff to do in there and it's really cool, yeah. but there's so much, so much um, loading going on, you know, as you're moving around through where, you know, it's all low res and then gets a little better and then comes sharp. Um, okay. So you, you get a lot of that low res stuff happening all over the place as you're moving and not even at high speed sometimes, you know, it just happens. Um, like I was in a helicopter and I wasn't going that fast, but the, the ground was a mess. Um, Hmm. the trains, 
weird shit was going on on the trains. So these are all military trains. They're always just driving at full speed all over the island. Um, nobody, you know, they're automated, so there's no driver or anything. So you can jump onto the train and just do whatever you want on there. Usually it's, it's a mix of different things, but usually they have a missile car, which you can hack. And then if it spots bad guy, it's, it spots the military. It'll just fire off all these missiles at them. Um, at the back of the train, there's usually some vehicles that you can grab and get them off the train or whatever. So we're on the train and we just wanted to ride it and see where it goes and how long it takes and everything. And I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at the countryside and making note of, okay, there's a military base here. There's this over here. And, you know, so I'm watching all this stuff. Well, as we're waiting, because it looks like the train, the tracks cross over at some point. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder how they do that. I wonder if there's a bridge or, you know, we'll see the other train or what's going on here. And, you know, it's up ahead and we're waiting to get there. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, our train just derails and explodes. And I'm like, what the, what, what just happened? (laughs) And I'm like, did we hit something? What? I, I, and I couldn't figure it out. And then of course a train coming the other way hits one of the train cars and that derails and explodes. And we're still there trying to figure out what to do. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I can grab this vehicle. Well, then another train comes right behind mine on the track and hits it. And and I'm like, Oh shit. Wow. And Mason's like, daddy, how do we fix this? Cause now none of the trains can go. Cause both sides are messed up. And I said, I said, look, all we have to do is walk away and come back and it'll be all cleaned up. He's like, no, they're all broken. I said, no, no, no. I've played this type of game before. This is how this works. If we go through this tunnel and then walk back through the tunnel, it'll all be gone. Watch. (laughs) And we did. And it was, of course. (laughs) And then the next train comes. So we hopped on that train and we sat there. Now we're looking. We're like, okay, why did this happen? What just happened there? And where the trains cross over, you go into a tunnel, deep into a tunnel, and the train going above you goes into another tunnel up above you. So you can't even see where they cross over. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of disappointed at that. But, you know, we cruise all the way around and we're coming towards a bridge. And I'm like, oh, look, a bridge. And then the bridge explodes and the train goes oh. flying off the bridge. I'm like, what the uh-huh. fuck just happened? It just, it on its own, I didn't do anything. I wasn't touching a button because at that point I put the controller down and Mason was like, you're not playing the game. I'm like, no, I'm, you don't want me to get off the train and I'm not going to hold the controller and just stand there. <laughs> so, so I put the <laughs> controller down. I was like, look, I, I didn't do anything the, the bridge exploded for no reason. Yeah. Uh, and then at one point we're riding the train and I'm up at the front and I'm looking and I'm looking. There's a jet parked on the tracks. Just randomly, there's a jet on the tracks. We slam into it, derail, and everything goes to hell again. So it it just, it's buggy as fuck in places. (laughs) And for whatever reason, it just derails every now and then. It'll just explode. That's messed up. And then we started derailing it. And I understood why we were derailing it at one point. Then I, cause I tried to hack, um, which hacking the, the missile cars, you just hold down triangle 
and you just hold it down, hold it down, hold it down, and it hacks. Done. Um, huh. But I didn't know that at first. And I hit triangle and nothing happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, whatever. I guess you have to be, they have to be shooting at you or something. Um, so then we found a place where we did, they did start shooting at us as we, as our train barreled through there. So yeah. I jumped off, jumped onto a train going back that way. <laughs> and I, I held it down and hacked the missiles and the missiles fired off. And that was cool. But huh. then... As we're going through like a tight area with a lot of trees on both sides, yeah, it spotted military and started firing the missiles off right into the trees, and the explosions knocked the train off the tracks and derailed us. <laughs> so we had to be careful with it because, you know, we can hack these things, and it's great every now and then, but when you get into those tight spots, it'll still keep firing the missiles off if it sees somebody and you're going to derail the train no matter what. Oh man. So we started doing where I would set up the missiles and then run back and jump into the plane on the very back of the train. And I'm like, all right, if shit goes down, we're getting out of here. Um, but I was never able to get the plane off of the train because it's not like a Harrier jump jet. You need to, physically take off and if the train is exploding and coming off derailed you're probably not going to get off uh dirty um so (laughs) giggity so twice that happened and the third time you know i i'm laying on the on the jet trying to get off there and and it flies off into the sky and i'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my god we made it (laughs) and we took off we flew off into the sky and i'm like this is awesome so i said well let's see how high we can go so i just pointed straight for the sun and started flying (laughs) and i flew for i don't know how many minutes and the sky started getting a little bit darker darker blue and i'm like ooh let's fly into space can we fly into space and he's like can we i'm like no i don't think we can probably not <laughs> um but we got to a point where it felt like the plane was just kind of giving up and it wasn't going to go any higher yeah. so i jumped out and i pulled the wingsuit and i'm like let's just wingsuit back down and it took us like 8 minutes to get down and the crazy thing is like it'll um it it has challenges basically so whatever i do you know it goes up on my friends list and when they play the game if they're doing like a wingsuit and they get to like 3 4 minutes it suddenly pops up a timer in the corner and it'll show you know you've gone this long you're now fifth on your friends list and here's the people above you and as you get past them, you, you know, you step up above them. So I thought, okay, the person, the highest person is like seven, seven minutes. I think we can get there. We might be able to get there. And as we pass them, there's another one. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so the highest one was like eight minutes, 36 seconds. And, and yeah. they were number one. There was like a little number one next to their name. And I'm like, I don't know if we're going to make it because we we're getting really low at that point. Yeah, And I was headed for the train. I'm like, wait, I'm going to veer off and head towards the water because that's down lower and it'll keep us up as long as we can possibly stay up here. And we hit the water at 833. Okay. Top score was 836. 
I was so pissed off. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, of course, I wanted to do it again. He just wanted to get back on the trains. Um, so I got back on the trains for him. And when he went to bed, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll do it again sometime. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll jump a plane and go flying off. Because I'm trying to think. I'm like, how the fuck? Because we, we went to the highest mountain and jumped off. Yeah. And that was only like three and a half minutes you know, to the, to the ground, to the water, basically. Sure, sure. And I was like, how the fuck did somebody go eight minutes? And I'm thinking, were they using the grappling hook and just dragging, you know, as they got near the ground, they would grapple and pull themselves along and go faster or what's going on? Tethered to an airplane? I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but um, the way I did it was just fly as high as I could and jump out. (laughs) So, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's really buggy in places. Um, hmm. It has a lot of problems. As fun as it is in places, it's buggy as fuck in other places. And I know Chaz was mentioning he saw some bugs, not a lot, but he said all of that is completely outweighed by the sheer amount of fun and excitement and amaze and blah, blah, blah in the game. Which sure. is why he loved it so much. And I don't know. I'd have a real hard time scoring this because I'd want to give it a much lower score, but at the same time I do see the fun and the excitement in it, but I've, I've had major problems with this game in places and it's been out for a while now, you know? Sure. So, yeah, you would kind of expect that that stuff would be patched a little bit more. You would think. Hmm. Yeah. So, and we watched the minions movie twice. For it? whatever reason. It's funny as fuck. It looked really funny. It, I mean, they were the funniest thing about those movies. Yeah, anyway. It really, it's really, really good. I didn't, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it, but literally they go from single celled organisms. You know, that's the whole opening credits is single celled sure. organisms right sure. to where they're following the first thing out of the water. Um, <laughs> and they're just always looking for the meanest and the baddest and, they're going to be their minions and that's what they live for. And it goes right through to the whole movie basically takes place in the sixties. Yeah. I saw something about that, which it's really cool. It's very clever. And the way they mix the music in and the way they mix the pop culture stuff in. And uh, I didn't even realize who the voices were. Until after we saw it the first time, I was like, well, let me look up who these people were. I never would have guessed that the main... Tina, Tina Fey's one nope, of them, right? Sandra Bullock. Oh, that's right. That's couldn't right. recognize yeah, yeah. her. And John Hamm, which I totally couldn't recognize, did not sound anything wow. like John Hamm. Uh, Michael Keaton is one of the nice. characters. Um, and what's her face? Uh, the mom from Juno... And she was the station manager in Private Parts. Like Jennifer Garner? No. No, the the no, the mom. The no, not the not the mom who wanted to adopt the baby, her oh, mom. Oh God. You know? Uh what, what what were the other things she did? Uh she was the Washington DC one of the people at the station in Washington DC in private parts but she's been in a million things. Oh my god. You'd know her instantly if you saw her. 
um, to Allison Janney. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just okay. talking about it, just her name popped into my head. Um, she's in there. Oh, I didn't recognize her voice at all. Second time knowing it, I was like, okay, now I can kind of hear it. But they all <laughs> they all put on really odd voices that you wouldn't recognize as them. Oh. Um, what I did realize, though, going through a full movie of just the Minions speaking Minionese. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's a combination of English, Italian, and gibberish. <laughs> Good old-fashioned frontier gibberish. Yep. And that's what a lot of it is. And, you know, they'll, they'll mix in a French word here and there or something like that. But mostly it's Italian, American, er, American Italian, English, and, and gibberish. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's a complete language. And that was their big thing about it, that it's not made up in any way. Like they don't ad lib or anything like that. It's literally written dialogue wow. that must be read as is. Because it is a full, proper language that they wow. created for this. Um, well, all you have to do is get that mobile game we saw at uh, the EA press conference <laughs> last year, and you can learn it that way. Yeah, But they spent like 20 effing minutes on. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that was a blast to sit through. But it is, uh, it is actually a really good movie. Really funny. Cool. Uh, really clever. And the cool thing was, like, the first time we saw it, you know, there's stuff during the credits, and Mason's watching that and everything, and then that stuff ends, and it goes to the full credits, and he's like, okay, and he walks away. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, you know, that's fine. And I didn't think much of it. And then I thought, well, wait a sec, because he went up to bed at that point. And I thought, well, I wonder if there's something at the end because they had all this stuff in the middle of it. I go all the way to the end and there is, there's like this huge, they do a song at the end and everybody in the movie comes back in and does it. It's a huge production at the end. He didn't know anything about that. And he missed it. So can rub that in for a couple of years. The second time we watched it, you know, he's like, mommy, mommy, come here. You have to see it. Cause she didn't see that part. And she's watching, you know, the, the credit stuff and everything. And I said, Mason, There's another thing that happens in the credits. He goes, no, there's not. I said, there is all the way at the end of the credits. And you didn't know about it, did you? He's like, there is. And his eyes lit up like, what? (laughs) And we waited till the very end of the credits. He's like, and he was just like, like he had discovered gold or something. He was like, (gasps) so excited (laughs) that there was something new there that he hadn't seen. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, even cool. for adults, you know, it's funny as shit. Yeah, it, it looked like something I wanted to see. I never saw the second Despicable Me. The second one was really good. I heard, and I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. But I saw the Minions thing, and I'm like, uh, I kind of want to. I kind of want to see this because they are they're my favorite thing from the first Despicable Me. I, I just adore them. Yeah. So yeah, he he. I'll just see it eventually. He hates the second one. Because the minions get hit with this thing and they turn purple and big and scary and fuzzy and Mm. they get nasty. They get violent and it just scares the crap out of him. He he doesn't like it when the minions get purple and and mean, basically. So 
you know, he watched it like twice and he's like, I don't like this. I don't, there's, they scare <laughs> me. I don't, I, I don't like this at all. So, huh. um, but yeah, he was unsure about the minions movie. He thought it was going to be more of that. Uh, but when he finally oh. sat down and watched it for the first time, he was like, Oh, okay. I love this. Cause it's just, sure. it's just the minions being the minions. So nice. Yep. So that, that cool. was it. All right. Uh, I, I really didn't play a lot of stuff because I was playing a lot of a couple of things. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I'll be doing a review of Strike Vector EX, which uh, kind of dominated my time, honestly. Uh, played a lot online and, and some of the campaign. And as we talked about already, played a bunch of Uno. Uh, so the only other thing on my list is Assetto Corsa, which I can't talk about too much yet, uh, but we I did stream it, like I said, uh, streamed it for like an hour and a half, something like that. And then, like I said, I don't know what it was, but uh, the software just went crazy. And uh, I don't know if YouTube is having problems or what, but the stream kind of went off the rails a little bit. But uh, So Assetto Corsa is a racing game based in realism. It's actually made by a developer that works with some of these car companies to build simulators, uh, really detailed simulators, so that they can... Uh, kind of anticipate the telemetry for different tracks, that sort of thing. And they work directly with uh, these car companies. So the cool thing is uh, they've actually got real telemetry from a lot of these companies like Ferrari and Porsche uh, in their physics engine. So it's been out for the PC for a long time, finally coming to consoles. Uh, It's got over 90 cars available I think I can't remember how many track variations there are, but tracks tracks themselves. I think they're like around sixteen, something like that. And then they have different variations, like Nurburgring and um, and Nordschleife. Obviously, they have a, a bunch of different variations. Uh, all of the tracks are laser scanned, so they're pretty detailed. I mean, you're feeling a lot of the bumps. You're supposed to feel uh, generally. It it does feel very very good, and and honestly, I think in terms of like the physics and, and how the car feels on the road, I actually do think it feels better than uh, Project Cars right now. Um, it, it doesn't have as many options as Project Cars, though. Uh, you know, it doesn't have as, as many uh, weather effects. You know, you've got different levels of fog, different levels of cloudiness, and different levels of uh, sunlight. There's no rain in it at all. Um, not as many options also like in terms of customizing your controls, but it does have full support for wheels. It has full support for the dual shock works really, really well with the dual shock. Um, and it also allows you to change things like the field of view, which I know a lot of people are complaining about with the alpha that I played a few months ago. Uh, but you can actually adjust the field of view, uh, like you could in the PC game. Um, I think there's like six different camera angles, six or seven when you're driving, uh, looks really good. It, it looks in, I would say overall actually looks a little bit better than project cars. Uh, if you place a, a track like Silverstone, which is at both, I do think the Assetto Corsa version looks better, uh, especially lighting wise. I think their lighting engine is, is really well done so far. Uh, so obviously I got to play it a lot more before I do the review, but the cool thing is it's forty nine ninety nine instead of full 60 bucks. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like a budget title or anything like that though. It, it's, it feels really good. They've definitely improved the sound over the alpha. A lot of people 
that watch the stream back when I did the alpha were complaining about the sounds, especially the break sounds, that that sort of thing. Um, they've really improved that quite a bit, uh, especially playing with headphones. I thought it sounded fantastic. A lot of environmental stuff going on, you know. Um, but yeah, if 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 you're looking for more of a simi racing game, you know, you don't want to wait for Gran Turismo Sport in October, uh, which we think it's coming out in October. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's official in October now. Uh, I wouldn't pass this up. I, I, I think there's some really cool stuff. They they have a lot more exotic cars than a lot of the other ones because you know they work with a lot of those companies. But they have some really cool classic stuff in there as well. Some some old Lotus uh, classics, and uh, they've even got a Monza track from the '60s. So it's almost like a dirt covering. Or it's not really. It's like hardened dirt. But I was doing it on the stream like they have these banked turns back in the 60s, that you would go full bore through these bank turns. And even playing the video game, I was getting scared. <laughs> like, you're you're doing, like, 120 or whatever on this bank turn, and you're just like, holy shit. Like, you just feel like you could fly off this thing at any second. And I'm like, ah, oh, I see why this has probably been banned. Um, it, but it's really neat. I, I, the thing that I'm really kind of concerned about is how the career goes. And uh, I'm having a, a lot of problems with the career because... So far, it seems like the AI is almost too perfect. Like, even set on easy settings, you just can't catch up to the AI. You can't make any mistakes whatsoever, even on easy. They just blow right by you. Uh, Also, they're very vindictive. So if you end up even bumping one of the AI drivers, even by accident, they will pit you. They will spin you out and knock you out of the race. So, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm going to play it some more. I was playing with... I got my, my special controller back now, so now I can play more because I was having a lot of problems finding the brake the other night with the regular DualShock uh, with my left hand. So uh, now that I got my other controller back, I can play it a lot more and, and you know check it out because so, I don't really have a way to set up my wheel here. So I got to play with the DualShock. But uh, control-wise with the DualShock, very happy with it, uh, even at the default settings. I think it's very well done. So, yeah. And then watched. So... Uh, Rift Tracks did a live show Thursday night, and they showed Mothra, the original Mothra, hmm. which was fantastic. Uh, it was just awesome, and it was funny because Rock and I walked out, and he's like, "Wow, I don't, I didn't realize Mothra was that bad of a movie." I'm like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, it's it's terrible. It, it's God, it's awful." Um, but really, really great show. One of the better ones, actually. Uh, some just some great jokes, and the short before it was outstanding. I put a picture of it up on. Twitter and Facebook, uh, it was one of those educational films from the 60s where they're trying to teach a kid to wash up after dinner and all this and, and stay clean. And he's like laying in bed and you hear this voice and all of a sudden there's this empty chair in his bedroom at night. Not creepy at all. And this uh, this bar of soap shows up with arms and legs and it looks like he's not even wearing pants. <laughs> and he starts talking. Uh, yeah, it's it's just super creepy. Even some of the lines just, wow. Uh, you were like, who wrote this shit? Um, but it, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, and then even cooler. Uh, so I was in at my parents all weekend, uh, helping them out with some stuff and a buddy of mine posted on Facebook that, Hey, <clears throat> there's this community theater in Oshkosh. Uh, it's a really old theater and it's kind of a community thing. Now they all volunteer and stuff and they've been showing kind of classic movies every Saturday night. And it just so happened that this week was uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom for three bucks hmm. on a movie screen. I was like, holy shit, let's go. So 
I haven't really hung out with these friends in years. We just kind of recently started hooking up again because he got on Facebook and uh, got to go see see with them. And he's a big Indiana Jones nut uh, to begin with. So, but we went and it's I mean it's this old old theater, and they actually just showed the Blu-ray on a projector on the, on the big <laughs> screen though. But it was cool because I'm like, wow, this I thought it was going to be a film version. This is way cleaner, you know. Uh, but it was funny because you don't think about how dark Temple of Doom actually gets. Oh, no. Yeah, it does. And all these people brought their kids. <laughs> so there's these two girls sitting in front of us that both just started crying their eyes out when, when Indy's under the spell of the, the blood. <laughs> yeah. And and they're just crying their eyes out. So the mom has to walk them out. And I, I kind of turn to my buddy Pat and I'm like, wow, I totally forgot how, how deep this really gets or how dark this really gets. <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was a messed up movie. And we oh, all was. saw it. I mean, what was it? 80. It, used, it scared me when I was so. a kid. I mean, we were, yeah. but we were like in our teens at that point, yeah. but still it freaked me. Even out. then it was kind of disturbing. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So, but it was cool. I mean, we get to see it on a, on a theater screen, which I haven't done since it came out, obviously. And, um, it, it was neat that it was on the Blu-ray and everything. And it just, it looked really clean. They, it's, I mean, it's a really old theater and you know, it hasn't been fixed up or anything. There's a stage and stuff. I was kind of laughing. I'm like, oh, Josh and I should do a live show here. Yeah, right. Hmm. Um, but it was cool. I mean, it was, and, and it, it sucks because I missed a bunch of other movies they did. They, they did like Revenge of the Nerds and uh, they did Blues Brothers and uh, they're doing Clerks. Yeah, guess what? It's the weekend of Extra Life. So I got to miss Clerks. I've never seen Clerks on a big screen. Hmm. So I was kind of bummed out about that. But I saw that uh, at, at a little place in Philly when that came out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because I was, I was, I forget where I was at the time, but I took some girl. I was like, I keep hearing that this this movie is supposed to be really, really good, but yeah. it's got a lot of cursing. I was like, are you cool <laughs> with that? She's like, oh, whatever, you know. And and I said, it's also black and white. <laughs> She's like, really? <laughs> yeah. I love the story that he thought that he shot it in black and white because he thought it was cheaper. Yeah. And he said to process it in color would have only been like 300 bucks more yeah. or something. I mean, it was something ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I was working at a video store in college when clerks came out and I knew it was coming. I knew I wanted to see it and we got the screener for it and I snagged it right away and watched it, uh, to watch mall rats in the theater. We had to drive down to like, I think either Milwaukee or, or, Chicago, I think. And um, I think it was Milwaukee because I went with Rock. And I think Pat came with us too. I would assume Milwaukee because Universal pushed that. Mm. And Universal it, pushed it real hard to set it. And that was his big thing that they were like, oh my yeah. gosh, because they showed it at Comic Con. And of course, that's his crowd. And they, they went yeah. apeshit. And, com- and Universal was like, we're going to make a million dollars on this. Go <laughs> put it in every theater you can. And, they, and he was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and they really overextended themselves on that and just went all out on huge marketing budget and were putting yeah. it in a ton of theaters. So, I mean, it, well, that then, was everywhere. It, yeah, it was, it was funny because Pat and I started talking about how we went down to Chicago to see uh, the MST movie because that was the closest it was. Mm-hmm. It was either we had to go up to Minneapolis or we went down to Chicago. You know what? That remi- that was that exact same theater in Philly 
where I saw Clerks and the MST movie. It was it was the the art house quote unquote and that movie was the theater. Thing, like we went to this place, and I think it was kind of farther north of downtown. And I remember going there, and this is way you know before GPSs and everything else. And I remember finding the instructions because I I'd been to Chicago probably once or twice, but it's not like I knew the city. Mm-hmm. And I was driving because I, I was all right driving in big cities already. And I remember, I think it was Pat and Travis that went and both of them were freaked out. Like they thought we were going to get murdered. And we went to this theater and it was kind of the artsy place. And it was a really small theater we saw MST in, and it was actually really packed. And I just remember us driving, you know, I mean, from Fond du Lac, Chicago's like pff, three hours probably. We drove all the way down there to see that movie, and it was worth it. It was totally worth it. But, uh, and then as a side note, uh, Travis lived in Minneapolis when the second convention happened up in Minneapolis, and they showed the movie there on a big ass film projector in this convention center, and they showed two deleted scenes which were fantastic, and they showed the original ending which was way better, like it was so much better. And uh, they said that Universal made them change it because of focus groups. <laughs> and they one of those big tear about focus groups. And I'm like, why haven't they ever included it on a DVD? And they never have. Hmm. I don't know if Universal just won't let them or what. But we got, I got it on film. It's on our YouTube channel. But, it, I mean, it's shaky cam at best. Uh, you can barely hear it because we're in this. I mean, literally, it's like they set up the screen in a convention center hall. You know, and, and this is back in what? I don't even know what year. 90 whatever 95 probably so you know it was what it was but it was really kick-ass to see that stuff um yeah the shit we used to do i mean you you grew up in fond du lac wisconsin nothing happens there we had an amazing theater downtown called the retlaw which is gone now but uh it didn't get a lot of like smaller stuff so if we wanted to see stuff we had to go to like milwaukee madison or chicago because green bay never gets anything and Minneapolis is too far compared to the other ones. So you're trying to convince your parents, like, let us drive down to Madison when you're 16. And yeah, that goes over really well. Mm. <laughs> so a lot of that shit, I had to wait until I got it on video because, you know, or, or when I moved to Kansas City, I finally got to see some stuff. Um, but yeah, I, oh man. I remember seeing those trailers for Clerks. I'm like, I, I want to see this so bad. And I claimed the tr- the screener months before the movie came in. I'm like, when Clerks comes in, I get that first. And I was I was so pleased with it. And I fell in love with Kevin Kevin Smith. At least with his movies. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Temple of Doom came out in '84, by the way. Okay, so 14. Yeah. Because yeah. it was summer. I was 12. And it freaked me the fuck hmm. out. Yeah, that whole heart thing and. Drinking the blood and all that, it, it gets fucking dark. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was, it, I mean, we we're kind of laughing at the little kids, but at the same time, we're like, oh, you know, like, oh, this is too bad. And then we're kind of laughing about it because I'm like, yeah, we were probably all like this when we were younger. But it was cool. It was, it was really, and it was three bucks. You know, it, it's all the people that work there volunteer. Uh, it's, it's just all community driven and, and, I always forget that they do that during the summer, and I, I looked at the list of movies. I'm like, shit, I'd be here almost every Saturday. They're they're showing just a slew of awesome movies. So yeah, if you're in or around Oshkosh, Wisconsin, folks, 
Check that out at the Time Cinema down on Main Street in Oshkosh on Saturday nights. They're doing a, a horror film festival or a horror film month in October, obviously. Uh, they're going to do a lot of really good horror films, like or older ones. So, but yeah, really neat. Had fun. Had a lot of fun. All right. Break? Yes. All right, let's take a break. When we get back, talk about what's going on around PS Nation. I will review Strike Vector EX. Josh will review Alone With You. I'm sure everybody doesn't know how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like I said, I th- we have at least one email we should read. So we'll be right back. I just checked in, and Keith is still playing alone with you on uh, the stream. So, kudos to you, sir, for staying up past nine. Of course he is. (laughs) Keith ain't getting any younger, you know? He uh, takes his laxative at night, and then he has to get to bed. You never know. So, All right, well, besides that, Josh, what else is going on around PS Nation? For reviews, last week and Versus went up. Mm-hmm. That was Michael, MJC. It's a weird little game. It is. Uh, I think he does a pretty good job of explaining it. I'm not even going to try to explain it. Go okay. read what he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm going to leave that. Uh, then uh, Laser Disco Defenders, which is a Vita game. Yeah, little tiny team made it. I know they were trying to get the word out quite a bit. Yeah, it is not PlayStation TV compatible. Oh, okay. Uh, but it is a Vita game. It is ten bucks. Uh, Andy played it. Mm, he. Well, I'll spoil one thing. He got, like, motion sickness, nauseous at one point. No shit. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But then he tweaked a menu option, and it helped a little bit. So. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. But go read the full review and find out more. <laughs> yes, at psnation.com. Uh, then, uh, Andy put up, um, uh, the King of Fighters 14. He's got the review up for that. That went up Monday morning. 
I've got my uh, my disc version on the way. Nice. Yeah. Uh, then Keith's review of Alone With You. Just went live. Wait, where? Huh. Okay. Did you put it up in the top thing? No. But I'm wondering, okay, I just have an old page here. It didn't refresh. There it is. Ah. Yeah, so that's up. Uh, that is, <laughs> no, this is funny, actually. Um, he was having all kinds of trouble with the screenshots. Okay. And he sent me an email with like 80 screenshots in it, but through Gmail, it was just 80 screenshots. So I had to click on one, open it up, save oh. it, click on a second one, open what it up, the hell? save it. And after three of them, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. And I went upstairs and I grabbed all my screenshots off the PS4 <laughs> and I came downstairs. So those are my screenshots. Um, That's really weird because Gmail usually just says download all. No. The, however, he put them in there. These were not looking. They uh, were not as attachments or something. Um, so whatever he it probably was. probably embedded them all. I don't know. Whatever it was, <laughs> it wasn't. It was bad. Um. Uh. So, they're my screenshots, and the funny thing is, I almost put one up, but I decided not to. I left them all very generic, but when you start the game, you can put your name in. So, my first playthrough, I put Fry, just because I couldn't think of anything else. Sure. My second playthrough... Oh, no. Well, on on the Vita, I forget what my name is. It's like asshat or butt face or something like that. Um, <laughs> but my second playthrough on the PS4, I put in jerk. So, nice. so it was like, uh, I wish I could remember exactly what it was. Um, the way the dialogue comes out and, you know, they slip your name in there every now and then. Right. It fits so beautifully where they're like, Oh, thanks a lot. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Really, they're thanking you, but you know, it takes right. on a whole different connotation. With uh, it's just all sarcasm, yeah, it's awesome. Mm, thanks a lot, jerk. And I was gonna put one of those screenshots in, but I was like, eh, that might confuse people, they might actually think uh, that you know you they're should. calling you a jerk. So I didn't, <clears throat> um, but clearly, he's a fan of this game. It's, it seems like yeah. that, yes. Just watching a couple minutes of the stream, it, it seems as though the review is going to be very favorable. And, well, I mean, the game is out now, and there has been a tweet, and things will happen, and people will know. So there's a whole thing with shoe, Right. That goes on in this game. Um, right. With a hashtag... And Twitter and something, and you have to figure out a password, uh, which I did after we recorded with Ben. And I got into the room and saw. Did you figure it out? Yeah. And I got into the room and I saw everything. There's dialogue in there, and there's some funny stuff in there, actually. Some very clever stuff. Uh, And the other thing. there, well, I'm doing all this now. That's I'll do this. 
Wait, during the review. Did I did did any of the things I did do that day help you find it out? Because uh, I found a couple things about the thing, and I said them, but I didn't know if that helped you at all. Mm, no, actually, no, no, oh, no. Okay. Um, okay, let me get off of that because okay, yeah, I'll, I'll reviewing it. There, there's no reason for me <laughs> to be doing that. Okay. Uh, the streaming update. Yeah, new thing. So yeah, Chaz's Chaz's is 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 streaming update. <laughs> Uh, the last week there was the Assetto Corsa stream. Indeed. There was a, the preview of Strike Vector EX. That's not a stream though. That's just a video I yeah. put up. But he yeah. put it there in the live streaming update. Okay. Oh, he messed up. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, there was Fernandez's frustration Friday's. Uh, where Keith was playing while Damon was heckling him during Tricky Towers. Oh, nice. And No Man's Sky with MJC. Indeed. Which I've decided I'm going to trash my save and just start over. Interesting. And I'm going to just spend as much time as I want on that first planet, which is what I wanted to do initially, but I... Jumped off it because Mason wanted to get into space, and I kind of wanted to get into space and see what was going sure. on. But I, I was more comfortable just wandering the planet, farming stuff. So there's a report that somebody did just that. Yeah, spent thirty hours on his initial. Yeah, planet. see, I could end up doing that easily. Oh my! And gosh. I might. You have to stream all that. <laughs> I, I, I might just spend weeks on my first planet you know and just hang out there and kind of check everything out and just be there and be settled and build my character up as much as i can on that planet before i even set forth into the galaxy it's not a bad idea that's kind of what i wanted to do i was i was going in that direction and if mason hadn't been sitting there with me i probably would have done it for another couple of hours but sure you know, he kept pushing me to daddy, fix your ship, daddy, fix your And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll fix my ship because <laughs> I want to see space too. So let's go into space. And then when I did it, it became a, oh, well, I can jump. Well, let's jump to the next system. And I got all into that. And I'm like, sure, just slow down and spend some time on my planet. Well, I think that's everybody, though, is you get that excitement of, holy crap, I can take off from a planet and. You know, yeah. and, and all of a sudden go to this other system, and there there is an excitement about that. Yeah, but yeah. I'd rather I'm just going to trash it and start over, and just stay on my first planet for a while, and and do my thing, okay. and see how long I spend there. You know, I may get bored at some point and just say, "All right, I'm going to go now," or I may just sure. stay there for months. <laughs> well, it'll tell you if you get 100 percent on the planet, like what in terms of discovered and everything. Hmm. So, well, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, then, last week on Daily Poll, last week, which was with the Olympics, no, I really didn't, I watched about three minutes of the entire Olympics, which is odd for me, because I usually watch a lot of it. I watched some, not a lot, I watched some, mainly at bars. Yeah, I watched next to not literally next to nothing. Hmm. Um, 
Strange. But, all right. So the daily poll, the first one was, do you like sports video games? Um, have you played any games based on the Olympics? Ugh. Which is kind of funny. Because there haven't been a lot recently besides Mario no, and it's Sonic. The, the, yeah, the Mario and Sonic games. When I did see this, when that went up, and the first thing I thought of was, well, beside the Mario and Sonic ones, the most recent one I can think of, oh no, actually I do have a couple on the PS3. Hmm. Now, Now, the first one I thought of was one that I have for the Genesis, which was the Atlanta 96 Olympics. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, I have Beijing and Athens on the PS3. Okay. Um, so there were some on the PS3, actually there were several. Um, but I mean, really the other thing I thought of was, well, of course I played the Olympics. I played that first Olympic decathlon on the Apple II, which we oh, played yeah. like freaking mad. Oh, which yeah. my uncle got crazy with us because we didn't have an Apple at the time. My cousins had the first one, and it was because my uncle did something with these computers and and okay had the Apple II and had Olympic decathlon. Well, we're sitting there, and if you remember, in like the 100-meter dash and everything, you have to smack like two like two keys, like, like oh, yeah. J and L. Oh, yeah. And we're whacking those keys, and my uncle's like, hey, he's freaking out, like, you're going to break the computer! <laughs> and we're all like, ah! <laughs> Trying to get the fastest speed, and when you had to do the 1500, the 1500 was a nightmare because we had people trade off on that one. Oh my gosh. Because it moves yeah. so fast because it doesn't want you doing it for like five minutes and right. it moves so fast that really you're just trying to get the guy to turn around the turns without slamming into the walls. It was like a racing game at that point, like a, right, right. Like a car racing game at that point. It was so weird. Um, Whereas we the, we had the opposite on the twenty six hundred with uh, I think it was decathlon mm. or whatever where they had the video Olympics. And, uh, no, I don't think it was video Olympics. It was like I think it was decathlon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Rock Activision, yeah, the Activision. One. We went through I think two or three joysticks because the Langels would come over and Pat Sampson would come over and we'd all play it. We I mean, it was like it was an obsession for a long time because uh, track and field was in the arcades too yeah. around the same time. And decathlon was actually, it was a lot of fun, but it had, you know, a couple of things where you, to run, you moved right and left of the joystick yep. and it would just ruin joysticks because you would just pound on these things. Oh yeah. Oh man. That was, I can't remember how long we played it, but it, it literally was an obsession for a summer. But that and the other games that I was big into were the ones from Epic's. EPYX, which they had um, summer games, winter games, and and then they had California games, which was freaking awesome because it was hacky sack and uh, surfing, half pipe, pipe. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. All all three of those, I love the shit out of those games. And Epic's the that's the folks that built the Atari Lynx. But you know what? 
those were out, at least one or two of them were out on the Wii, on WiiWare, or on um, Virtual Console. And I got them, oh, sure. yeah, because they were the Commodore 64 oh. versions. And I, I immediately downloaded them. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Actually, I think Decathlon we had on the 2600 and we had it on the Commodore 64. Because mm. well, it was I also on I the 5200. Yeah, I didn't have a 5200 when I was younger, though. I have one way later. Yeah. I didn't get a 5200 until I worked at Electronics Boutique and somebody brought me mm. one. And now I have like three. <laughs> yep. So, all right, uh, based on the Olympics, sorry. Um, do, 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 do. Then, um, then he asked, Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics? Uh, which, eh, interesting. Uh, then he said, uh, do you want your sports games to be realistic or arcadey? And... Is anybody getting Madden next week? I'm skipping Madden this year. Hmm. I'm completely skipping it. Even if you really like it, I'm skipping it. Because I get it, and I never play it enough mm. to warrant the, the purchase. Yeah, I could yeah, see that. I just, I don't. I get bored with it too easily, and I I go back and I play MLB The Show. So I'm just, I'm skipping Madden this year. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is a brand new thing that will be up when this podcast comes out. It is another one of Chaz's roundups. Uh, oh, where yeah, he yeah. did the 3D games on PlayStation 4. Yeah. Which kind of rounds up all of the reviews. And every time a new review is written, if there's 3D component to it, it automatically gets dropped onto that page. Now he has done one for local co op PS4 games. Right. Yeah. We were uh, discussing this last few days. There are a lot of them. Yes, there are. A lot of them. So. He he came up with a question. Maybe this is something that would be good on the forums, but he was asking, like, would a game like King of Fighters 14 count as local co-op? Because it has yeah. a tag mode. Yeah. See, I don't think it does. I think it does. Eh, not in the traditional fashion. That I think... I don't know. I just... I don't see that. That wouldn't come to mind when I would think online co-op. You know? Like the new Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, that's local co-op. That's something they added with DLC and it's in the PS4 game right away. Um... A fighting game? I just don't see it. I think fighting games count because it's a game that you're going to sit down with somebody and play on your couch. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not like you're questing. It's a different type of game, but the the result is the same. You're still sitting with friends and going crazy and screaming at the TV and having fun. Yeah. So. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know. That just seems more competitive to me. Yeah. But instead of cooperative. So this will be up this now that he's done this one and there's probably going to be a third one somewhere. I'm thinking of adding something to the menu um, to keep these easily accessible within the menu of our site. Somehow I have to think about this though. I just, when I saw this, I started thinking about that and I thought, Hmm, Maybe we should do something with this hmm. to keep them sticky somewhere, somehow. 
Sure. Um, because, yeah, you can search, but a lot of people, they just don't even realize they're there, you know, half the time. Yeah. So, uh, something I will think about, though. Um, All right. But it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a nice, easy way to just jump in there and check on a yeah, game and see great, if it's co-op. It's a great guide. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's it. All right. Yeah, probably. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Strike Vector EX. So, it's a game that, uh, um, like I said, I'd played the alpha on PC a while back, and, and at the time, it was really clunky, and I kind of got the gist of it, but I just couldn't really get the full feel of the game the way it was playing and, and that. And I'd seen it again at an event a couple of years ago and, and I was like, Oh, this is looking better now. And you know, but it was kind of out of my mind and we got an email saying, Hey, it's coming out on consoles. Finally. Uh, do you want to, you know, take a look at it and, and play it with some other people? I'm like, yeah, definitely. And I'm glad I did because, and I, and I've talked about it quite a bit, but you know, up until now, it was strictly multiplayer. It was multiplayer online, and, and uh, they have six different modes, but, you know, it, it's a lot of the kind of the familiar stuff that you've seen in other kind of first-person shooters, stuff like, and, I, and I've mentioned, um, you know, like Quake and Quake 3 and Descent, Descent 2, uh, those kind of games, because you're flying around in a 360-degree environment. Uh, not as much as Descent, because you actually have auto-leveling, but where the Quake stuff comes in is the different weapons, uh, just kind of how you aim up and, and how you fire, and also the weapons balance. Um, so <clears throat> you're flying around. Well, so first off, being on console, they finally added a, compa- a campaign. I think people were asking for it for, I don't know, for longevity or whatever. I've played the campaign. I haven't played it all the way through yet. I've gotten pretty far. Um it's it's kind of cheesy, it, you know. There's a there's a kind of a cool twist in the story, but it's kind of cheesy. It's a lot of um, kind of still pictures for for the uh, cutscenes and all that. But uh, voice acting's it's okay. It's it's nothing spectacular. I can see why they added it. I'm sure people wanted you know some kind of a campaign, and it kind of like when Starhawk, you know, they added a campaign for Starhawk. Um, personally, I really didn't need it because to me this is. This is Warhawk. It's, it's, you know, I want to get on and play online with other people. <clears throat> and that is kind of the, a little bit of the, the, the vibe I'm getting from it is, is that old Warhawk feel to a certain extent. Uh, obviously, you're not landing. You're not, you don't have uh, people on foot. It's all in the aircraft. But the aircraft can do s- kind of similar stuff th- th- that the Warhawks can. You can not only fly, but you can actually stop and hover and back up uh, while you're flying around. Uh, weapons balance, uh, unlike Warhawk, you're not just picking up weapons as you go. You choose a weapon at uh, the loadout screen, which you can do anytime you die as well. So you do it before the game, and then you do it uh, while you're playing uh, if you're at, like, the load screen. Uh, and you've got a pretty cool spread. You've got, like, <clears throat> uh, what they call the carbine, which is a single shot. A uh, little more powerful single shot, a little more accuracy involved. But if you're accurate with it, you're definitely going to get uh, the benefits out of it. Uh, it's actually got a shotgun. It's got uh, kind of a dumb rocket, like the old rocket launcher in Quake Quake 3. Uh, you've got homing missiles, which obviously you have to lock on, and they're kind of a, a slower reload. 
uh, and you've got like this pulse cannon. It you know, and, and they all have their pluses and minuses. And actually, like I was talking last week, uh, it even kind of depends on the level you're in too. Because if you're in more of a wide open level, the shotgun may not be as good as when you're in a completely enclosed level. Uh, so you want to go for the carbine, or you want to go for uh, the the lock on rockets. Uh, but there's always kind of that rock, paper, scissors going on as well. So, like, if you if somebody locks onto you with the homing rockets and you listen for the tone, once the tone hits a certain spot, you can actually hold square and either hit left or right on the on the analog stick and dodge it instead of, you know, like firing flares off or chaffs or whatever in some of the other flight games. Um, same way with, you know, if you know somebody's got a carbine, you keep moving around, that's going to be tougher for them to shoot you. Uh, and I like that. It's it's just got that really old school vibe to it, and and it's it's definitely tickling that fancy in me. Um, graphics are really well done, uh, very detailed. A lot of even movement in some of the levels. You're you have one level that's kind of around a derelict uh, space station like satellite, and it's actually moving in space. So when you're flying around, all of a sudden this big arm will kind of come around in front of you. You're like, holy shit, you know, and, and it, 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 it keeps you on your toes. <clears throat> um, and you'll see some of the stuff in the campaign as well. A lot of the levels are in the campaign. Um, but the, the variety is great. And the levels are, are huge. It's not just this little arena. They're really, really big. And, you know, there there are opportunities to kind of go off and hide and find some repairs, or you can also find these, uh, like these little yellow stopwatches. And what they do is they actually speed up the cooldown on your special weapon. Uh, again, special weapons are kind of like the other ones where you have to choose one. You have like uh, a shield. You have a thing that will uh, put a field up around your ship and heal you and anybody else in that field. So you can actually heal your uh, your teammates. Uh, there's a smart mine which will actually home in on different ships, but Again, with the rock, paper, scissors, that smart mine, if it loses track, it can actually lock onto you again and come after you and take you out. Uh, so there's a lot of things to think about in that respect. <clears throat> um, but the multiplayer is really, I mean, it's the meat of the game. And they do a really good job. It's, uh, there's, there's voice chat in the game. If you actually watch my video, you'll see a little bit of the voice chat kind of popping through, but we were using a different chat program just to make things easier. Um, but the voice chat sounds pretty good. Uh, it works pretty well. I, I used it a couple times when I was playing some, with some other people. Uh, and, and you can toggle it on and off. You can, you can toggle mute for each individual player, which is really nice. Uh, so they give you a, a decent amount of control. Uh, matchmaking seemed really good, but again, you know, this is pre-release that we were playing it. So take this all with kind of a grain of salt right now. Uh, even when we were doing this, they had found a bug in the server and the, and the servers were crashing. So I can tell you that. I don't know what it's going to be day one. They said it'll be patched, but you never know. Uh, so I'll be open and honest that, you know, it did crash on us a couple times and, and they say that it'll be fixed, but eh, it might not be. So just be aware of that. Um, but the visuals, going back to that, uh, it's done in Unreal Engine 4, and you can tell. Uh, really detailed everything. Uh, textures on your ship, textures in, in the environments, uh, effects that happen. Uh, I like that you can actually choose to lock or unlock the frame rate because it's Unreal Engine. 
Uh, I like to lock it on on a console game like this, and it never faltered. I mean, it, it's just rock solid. Um, I really think it looks fantastic. Uh, awesome lighting, really crisp textures, uh, really crisp animation. Just very, very well done. Uh, customization, there's a lot of stuff there, like I said, with the weapons, but you can also unlock... As you play, you can unlock things like new paint schemes. You can also unlock new parts, like you can get new engines, you can get new uh, cockpits, all kinds of stuff. The new engines aren't just cosmetic either. They can actually boost your speed, uh, that sort of thing. Um, But the thing I really like about it is it's really fast, and you can kind of play it the way you want to play it to a certain extent. You can either play it like... I used to play a lot of first-person shooters multiplayer where I don't stop. I just keep moving all the time. Uh, Or you can be a little more tactical about it. You can kind of go hide in a corner and try to take people out. You can try to snipe them. You can hit R3 and and zoom in and try to snipe somebody and take them out. Um, But punching those snipers is very satisfying at the same time. Uh, You've got... 15 maps right now for multiplayer. They haven't said if they're going to do any more. Uh, it's a game that's been out on PC for, I think, two years now, so I don't know if they're going to do more stuff or not. Uh, but a great variety of maps. Uh, the ones that are inside are actually just insane because you're so worried about hitting the, the walls, you know, and you, you can't... It's not as free flow, uh, free form. Uh, game modes, we played them all. You've got Elimination, Defense, Survival, Duel... And I think there was one, uh, there's one called Bounty Hunter. And I think the other one is just like Team Deathmatch. <clears throat> but I don't know what it's called. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, it's a good variety. Uh, the survival one's pretty crazy where you're just trying to be the last one alive. Uh, there's one where it's kind of, it's kind of capture the flag, but not really. You're not capturing a flag and bringing it back. You're actually attacking each other's base, and you have all these things you have to try to blow up and, and destroy. Uh, that's on the video that I put up, is that mode. Um, the bounty hunter is a lot of fun, too, because uh, basically the bounty gets bigger on whoever has the most in-game currency. I think it's called a Kebs, if I remember right. Uh, but if you get destroyed, they just kind of fly out of your carcass and you can go pick those up and then you have the most, but then you have the bounty on you. Uh, so one of the things that we saw somebody doing is, is this guy was way ahead of all of us and we were getting close to the end of the match and he actually just kind of flew away from everybody. He kept, he kept flying away. And that was because it's not about your kills. It's not about your assists or anything else. It's about having that, the most of that in-game currency at the end of the match. So there's some cool strategies involved with these two. Uh, one of the things that I wish was better and I'm maybe hoping that they patch this in or maybe it's there and I just haven't found it yet, but I seem to lose the HUD because it's white. So I'm losing my aiming reticle every now and then, especially because of how fast everything is. Mm-hmm. That used to happen to me in Quake 3 all the time. So in Quake 3 and in Unreal Tournament and a lot of the other FPS I used to play, I would change the, the little target. I would change it to purple color because it just you know it contrasted with everything. And I'm hoping there's a way to either that that's in the game that you can do that that I haven't found yet or maybe that they can add that as an option. Uh, because that's my biggest complaint now is that I would lose my aiming reticle with all the action going on. Uh, 
uh flying is is great uh i don't know if there's an alternate i totally keep forgetting to look to see if there's an alternate way to fly but uh right now it's kind of twin sticks so you're using your left stick to move just in the in the in the four axis forward back left right your right stick is used to uh pull up pull back uh and turn so you're actually turning with right stick uh works really well L2 is your is your thrust uh and it actually is analog so you can hold it down just a little bit or all the way uh and you know you've got your secret weapon or your special weapon etc but uh controls seem kind of complicated when you look at them on the screen but actually they're very intuitive and really easy to pick up uh so i mean obviously Josh doesn't care about this cuz it's a lot of online but <laughs> I played uh, the shit out of Warhawk. I ran the Warhawk server for years. But I don't know if you'd like this one because Warhawk was no, but I, a different I, I played beast. this. I, I played this at PSX. And but I played didn't you it say you had else. problems with it? Um, the, well, no. I was having problems because the <clears throat> the um, up and down in the ship was throwing yeah. me off. And okay. For whatever reason, some games I like it normal, some games I like it reversed for flying, and oh, I can't okay. figure out why. But that is weird. Yeah, some games it just doesn't feel right to me one way or the other, and I can never figure it out. And it just takes me time to to mess yeah. with it, to get comfortable with it. And I, you know, playing this at PSX, you don't have time to sit and get comfortable with it, really. Right, so. right. I just don't want it. I don't want people to think that I'm trying to kind of compare this with Warhawk because no. I hated flying. Yeah, Warhawk. no, it's I, I despise it's, it. It's it's not Warhawk in in terms of how it flies or anything like that, but right. in terms of it's a bunch of people the, all online. Yeah, fighting. Well, also, and, I think the size of the of the the maps kind of make it feel like yeah. Uh, at least a couple of the maps I played, uh, but you know, it just brings back that old school feel that I got when I was playing games like Descent Online over Kali and, and when I was playing The Quakes. And and it's something that I haven't felt for a long time. And I've ha- I had some really competitive matches, you know, because you're playing the devs, but you're also playing other uh, media. <clears throat> but we had some really competitive matches. And, you know, I did pretty well. Like, it, it, it takes me about a match or two to really get into the swing of things. And then I was kind of hitting my groove, and I was just loving it. And I had a smile on my face while I was playing it. And, you know, 15 maps ain't bad to start off with, especially. Like, I would be very happy with 15 maps for good. I mean, that that's a good number of maps for, for an online multiplayer game. Uh, you know, my like I said, my, my complaints right now are kind of minor. I, I, personally, I don't think that the campaign needs to be there, it seems. I can see why they did it, value-wise and everything else, but... Um, for me, there's a lot of value in an online game that 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 is persistent and and that grows with you. And the cool th- part about everything here is that you can unlock new items for your ship, and you can unlock way more customizations. Uh, and having six modes right off the bat is is really nice too. And, and there's some fun modes in there. Um, I think my only complaints really are that sometimes things are a little confusing in terms of what am I supposed to be doing in this mode. Uh, what's going on because sometimes the the screen feels a little busy because the action's so fast and also like i said i would like to be able to change the color of the reticle 
because uh, I just lose that white color all the time. Uh, so I'm going to give this an 8.0. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun in the price. Right now it's 14.99. They're going to have a, a a sale when it launches. I think for like 30 percent off. Um, but I am really looking forward to playing this in line with people. I, I've I've been trying to get like some of the people I was playing with the other day to get on and play it again. But I guess the servers aren't up yet right now. Um, but it was it was great that they arranged a couple of online matches or an online sessions with us so that we could play it online. Because I mean, obviously that's the meat of the game right there. But. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm very I don't want to say surprised, but I'm very pleasantly surprised about how this has turned out, and and uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So looking forward to playing this when it finally launches. Cool. Yeah. On to the shortest review we've ever done. Yeah. Because you pretty much reviewed it when we talked to the developer. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot more to talk about at this point. Uh, yeah. One of the things I did want to talk about, uh, which was just that he mentioned at the end of all that we were, you know, at the end of our whole interview, he said, I have a question for you guys. Did you find the Sega CD? And I went, <gasps> what? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I freaked out and I went back into the game and I'm trying to figure out where it would be. And then I saw something and I'm like, wait, is that, a, that can't be it. That doesn't look like a Sega CD. And then I went, Oh, wait a minute. It does look like a Sega CD, but not the model I have. Oh. Because remember when we were talking, he's like, it's so funny that there are like six different models of this thing out there yeah. for something that didn't sell that well anyway. And I sent him a message and said, it's this, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, I saw that. The The moment I started playing the game, the first time I saw that, I laughed because you can see little controllers attached to it. And I was like, oh, look, a little game system, huh? And I tried to get up there and, and play it. <laughs> but of course, you can't interact with it at all. I said, so I did see it, but I didn't see it as a Sega CD until you said that. Because my Sega CD was the Model 2 with the Model 2 Genesis, and they slid together and looked awesome. Um, Oh, sure. It looked awesome. and It looked like an abomination. No, it looked freaking awesome. I have one. It looks like an abomination. I love it. I I I just love the way they fit together and they're just styled perfectly together. It just looks like they were made for each other, the Sega CD2 and the Sega Genesis yep, 2. They're beautiful. So so that's what I was looking for obviously and I didn't recognize it as such. And he was like, "Oh, interesting." Cuz that was something he hadn't thought of like in his mind that's the Sega CD. But in my mind, which one did he put in there? The 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 model one? Uh, it's a different one. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. okay. People will find it or they won't find it. It's just kind of there. Okay. There's also something else in there. Um, there's a PS4 in there somewhere. Oh no, shit. Which I did kind of see, and again, I kind of wrote that off as is that? Nah, it can't be. <laughs> but it was he mentioned it like in that email back and forth we were talking about it and he said oh yeah and there's there's this over here and i was like oh, is that what that is it's like i thought that's what that was but i just kind of <laughs> thought nah. so sorry we talked about this a lot last week it's a sci-fi 
romantic dating simulator adventure thing. Sure. <laughs> it's a very different type of game, but the the romance part, the dating part, you know, that all happens in a very specific place. The rest of the game is like the old school adventure games from that 16-bit era from like the Sega CD and things like that where you would walk around and you would try to find stuff and there's a meaty story here actually and it it right. drives everything the the story and it's been said and it's I'll you know you learn this right off the bat the moment you jump into the game uh you're on a planet you were on an expedition with all these other people and there was a disaster you're the last survivor and the planet will pretty much be destroyed in a couple of weeks and you're trying to get off the planet. So you have to go to all these other places and search for things that will help you get off the planet. And when you find these things, you don't know what to do with them. You don't know how to work them into the escape pod or how they can help you. But the computer has pulled together holographic simulations of four key people from the colony who could help you with the food supply, with the communications, with the, the thrusters, with, you know, just everything you might need. They're going to be able to help you. So fixing the toilet on the ship. Yeah. So that's where the dating thing comes in. And, and it doesn't start as dating. It's, it's more like, let's sit with them. Let's talk to them. Let's try to get them motivated. Let's, you know, and depending on what you find out there in the real world, that can change the conversation when you come talk to them at night. Sure. Uh, because these conversations happen overnight, and after you have a couple conversations with them and everything and, and see everybody, then the computer's like, ooh, I have a fun little idea. You can get yeah. to know some of them even even more intimately. You know, you can kind of go on a date with them and and talk to them and who do you want to talk to so you get to right. choose and you get to kind of and you can choose a different one each time or you can just stick with one or you know whatever you want to do and the conversations vary and it gets really interesting um it's a lot of reading of course there's a yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on in there and I thought, all right, I'm going to get bored with this pretty quick, but I didn't because the it it drives the narrative really in in a really good way, um, and you get into that mindset of I need to, I want this person to help me. I I can't mess with them. I can't. But like right. we said, I tried to mess with them in my second playthrough and <laughs> try to be a jerk. Um, nice. but you still can't. Yeah. I mean, you can to a certain degree, but the idea is that you want to be nice. You want to be likable. You're, you're trying to survive. You're trying to get off the planet. Yeah. You, you don't want to be a dick to them because they could just turn their back on you and then you're going to die. So, um, but it's, it's a really cool game. You know, it, it's really neat to see how everything was done. There's all these little, interstitial things that happen, you know, between screens, uh, that harken back to that time. There's all these little touches that, that just tug at your nostalgic heartstrings. If you played games from that time, 
And yeah. if you haven't played games from that time, it's just a quirky little adventure game that's probably unlike anything you've played. Because, um, obviously, it's really set to be <laughs> like those games. Yeah. So, I really enjoyed it. Clearly, I did. <laughs> um, nice. And had a lot of fun with it. And I'm having a lot of fun with going through it again multiple times there are yeah. a lot of little nuances you know if you miss one thing or if you miss a couple things or if you take a different dialogue path the conversations change and you'll you'll hear different things from people and you'll learn different things about the people uh that you maybe didn't learn the first time through so sure uh and it's cool it's it's very cool so i enjoyed it to the point that it's got a bunch of replayability, which I didn't think it would. Uh, I thought you go through this once and you're done. Um, but I'm realizing that you can go through like three, four, five times easily. Uh, I'm giving it a nine. Hmm. Okay. So. All right. Really excellent game. I still need to work. Yeah. On it. Excellent game. Yeah, I, I've loved what I've played so far. I just haven't had a lot of time with it because I'm working on my own reviews. So, all right, uh, and we're still going to do that uh, spoiler cast sometime in September. Yes, we are. It is going to happen. Absolutely. All right, we got at least one email that I found, which I just sent. It might be the same uh, one. The limited printing yes. games one. Yes. I figured since you just talked, I was yeah. just going to read it okay. anyway. All right. Uh, this is from Jay Davis. He says, Hello, crew. What are your thoughts on the new age of collecting? Last year, we had exclusive content at different stores. This year, we get exclusive physical games at different stores. For PlayStation 4, I can think of the following. GameStop, Song of the Deep. Well, that wasn't just PS4. That was also Xbox One. Yep. Uh, I Am 8-Bit had Res, huh? I said, yep. What? Okay. Uh, limited run games. Well, a ton of limited run games. And V-Blank with Retro City Rampage. As a collector, it's hard not to feel obligated to get on the crazy train while the prices are low. I'd like to think that Class of Heroes 2G and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for PS3 started this craze as both can now go for 200 plus brand new. Really? But Marvel vs. Capcom 2... I'm thinking of 3. What are your thoughts on this trend? Thanks, Jay. Uh, I will say that um, I like it. I like when it's not just some store that has it in terms of physical store, because like GameStop, I really wanted to get the limited edition for song of the deep and you could not get it online in Wisconsin. At least uh, I could never get it online and none of the stores in the state had it. So I was shit out of luck right away. Mm. Uh, I am eight bit and um, limited run games are doing some exceptional stuff in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, especially the fact that they're doing kind of more indie titles. Uh, I went buck wild on the res stuff. Well, because that's one of my favorite games. But ever. that's what I appreciate about these things like limited run games, especially because these are games that were digital only. They were yeah. never supposed to have a physical version, but these guys did it. Um, yeah. There's the people here in Jersey, Nighthawk. Studios, the guys that used to be uh, Majesco, that left Majesco, right. started their own little studio, and that's 
how they, that's how they're financing things to get up and running is they're doing runs. They're doing physical versions essentially of digital games, which is pretty fantastic. The, uh, uh, what's their name? Uh, the pool and, uh, Oh, uh, not cherry pop, uh, ripstone. Ripstone, Yeah. Ripstone. All like five of their games came physical to PS4, which we're not supposed to. Um, but they, they put those out. Uh, those, I think it's fantastic. It's, it's a little crazy though. I mean, you're, you run into that situation where of course you want everything. Um, I'm not that bad with them. Like I've seen some people are just buying them to buy them. Like rainbow moon was one that I liked it, but I'm not, I know for a fact, I'm not going to play all the way through that game. And I didn't buy the physical versions of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Res though is one of my all-time favorite games on any system, and the fact that uh, the T-shirts they did for it, there was one T-shirt I just loved with the the character on the front of the T-shirt. It's real simple, but uh, I love how they did it, and I couldn't resist. But the, to me, it's still do I care about that game specifically? You know, I know there's other people out there that are buying pretty much everything they do. Because it's more of a completionist collection thing. But that's not how I'm seeing this in my own mm-hmm. head. So, And this didn't really start with Class of Heroes and Marvel vs. Capcom on the PS3. This has been going on for a long time. <laughs> it has, but I think we've, we've seen just this resurgence lately uh, where it's happening on a much more regular basis. And I think it's a lot more... It's a lot more accepted. I mean, I remember, what was it, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for PS3, where it actually, they sold a physical box for it, but it in the box was the code yeah. for the game. And, yeah, because I bought and it. And, like, DuckTales are one of those things. Yep, DuckTales is another one, yeah. Uh, I, I would much rather have this physical version of the game, yeah. because then you're getting away from that whole what happens if the servers go down thing. Yes. Which um, is where we run into problems with, oh, here's the physical version of a Telltale game, and it only includes chapter one of five, yeah. <laughs> or it only includes chapter five, one through five of six chapters. I wish there was a way that you could register with Telltale and they could send you a, a disc that's full once the game's yeah. done. That'd be nice. But they can't guarantee that because you could just sell the game, you know. And well, see, th- it's funny because <clears throat> this is something that, like, the movie industry kind of went through this as well in their own way, in in a weird way. Because when DVDs came along and they started going through and digitizing back catalogs and everything, the promise was that you would be able to get anything at that point. And yeah. I mean, obviously there's tons of movies that were just lost to time. Right. Um, right. But Warner brothers is the one studio I know for sure that has been making good on that promise. They have basically print on demand for a ton of things. And I've bought several of yeah. them. Um, they have the old little rascals collection like the original Little Rascals with Spanky and Alfalfa and Froggy and and oh, Buckwheat geez. and all them. And it's like a six-disc set 
and it was a print on demand and you get it and you know the cover is not great and the the discs you flip it over and it's clearly a dvdr that's been burned <laughs> um literally you know it's purple and everything you can see it um yeah but that and that is still pretty and cool. under the rainbow which was a movie i'd completely forgotten about but i was which was an absolute flop and is actually kind of racist. yeah it is <laughs> and it was just such a crazy movie and it came out like in 78 i think and carrie fisher was uh, in it i thought that was later than 78 oh, wait let me look because it would be in my uh video collection here with the date come on the pearl is in the river <laughs> uh under the rainbow was oh 81 okay so all right so actually the year after empire and carrie fisher was in it which was a big thing for me and chevy chase was in it and at the time i was way into all the chevy chase movies because they were on tv and my mom was watching them with me like um seems like old times and uh Foul Play? Was that the other one? Yep, Foul Play. Um, but those... Uh-oh. What? the hell happened? Ah, my headphones! Oh, um, but actually, come to think of it, Billy Barty was in Under the Rainbow with Chevy Chase and Foul Play. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but I thought the, the concept for Under the Rainbow was very clever. You know, it all took place during... I liked it when I was younger, and then you watch it when you get older, you're like, what yeah, the? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's one of those movies. Like, the Warner Brothers has been really cool about that, where you go to their site, and they have just an obscene number of movies available. Most of them yeah. are literally that, print on demand, you know? That's crazy. And it would be really cool if the games industry could find a find a financial way to do that a financial financially sound way to do print on demand for little things like this for digital games that you want physically you know um but that's a lot harder to do well it's a lot harder especially when you've got the vita using proprietary memory sticks yeah when you've got you know, Nintendo doing proprietary discs for things like the GameCube uh, or cartridges for whatever. It, it's it's a format issue at some point. It is, know? yeah. And the and the fact that they all have their own little lockout chips. Well, and uh, I mean, the other thing is, it, clearly there are differences between just having a digital version and having an actual physical version. You can't just take the digital code and drop it on a disc and run with it. It you need more to right. it. Um, and then you have to go through QA and you have to go. So there's a lot more work there that's involved in, in doing something like that. But well, and sometimes the technology doesn't even exist anymore. Um, like the Sega Saturn, the reason, one of the reasons that the Sega Saturn took 20 years to crack was that the DRM on the Saturn was actually this squiggly little line that was Mm. physically in the disc on the outer edge. They don't even have the technology to print those discs anymore. Like, they don't have the machines to do that yeah. anymore. So, there's things like that. Or, I think it's the GameCube actually spins in reverse. The disc spins in reverse. 
So they had to have special hardware to, to burn those discs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I love the idea of it. It's, it's cool. I get a little frustrated with things like limited run games because they're so they limited. are so limited. Yeah. <laughs> they run out of shit right and away. And if there's stuff that you want, well, except, uh, except shadow complex, nobody wants that. Apparently <laughs> I, I want it. I bought it. I, I it's a fantastic for game. like, it makes no sense. That yeah. yeah for it. like two days after they were like, we still have copies. We still have copies. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a freaking awesome game. It is, but yeah, nobody wanted that for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it's because the the original uh, studio is owned by Amazon now. Nobody wants to touch oh, them. Geez. But it's weird. Yeah, it's it's cool that they're doing that. That that we've found, you know, that a number of people have been able to put together business models where this works, and they've been able to oh, work yeah. with the studio with the studios and with the um with the console owners really to say look we want to bring a physical version of this game yeah. which is i mean a big one of the deal. one of the big problems they're still dealing with cuz these guys are obviously kind of filling this out as they go to a certain extent uh are just being able to fulfill what they're selling and and you know you've got the octodad uh dad edition that came with a tie and i still haven't got my tie which I don't really care. I know it's coming eventually. They've shown a picture of it and everything, but you should see people on the forums are just flipping their shit up because they don't have the time. <laughs> Which and they're never going to wear. Like, exactly. Uh, where, or also like uh, uh, I Am 8-Bit did the, the, that really kick-ass special edition of No Man's Sky for PC. I haven't gotten that yet either. And there's no word on when that's going to ship. So they need to get better at fulfillment when they, you know, when they say they're going to sell this thing, they need to get better at either fulfill, fulfillment or communication. And, but the products they've been putting out have been fantastic so far. Uh, I've been very happy with the stuff. I got, you know, Octodad, Dadliest Catch, and um, gosh, which other, uh, Oddworld I got, which is just awesome box art. And that's the cool thing. Like you get that cool box art yeah. and it's not just some digital picture on your TV screen. It's, they did a really nice job. Printing it's those. a physical so, version that if anything happens yeah. 20 years down the line, <clears throat> you can play it. It's pretty cool. And the price isn't even that bad. That's, that's the other cool thing about it. They're, they're making it pretty reasonable. And, uh, but at the same time, they're doing some really special stuff on some of these collections. And, uh, you know, now the big thing too is, is vinyl, you know, doing the soundtracks on vinyl, which, uh, I saw somebody complaining uh, about the Res soundtrack on vinyl. They're like, "It's a digital soundtrack. Why is it on vinyl? <laughs> give me flack video or give me flack files instead." But I think it's cool because they printed the the picture, the the vinyl, and everything. It looks awesome. So yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this this new trend. Yeah, brings a smile to my face. I mean, look how much we fought to get Gravity Rush on PS4 on a, on a physical yeah. version, and it's it's awesome that we have it. So, yes, I love it. All right. And we have one more email that I'll go through. Oh, all right. From Revy, Jonathan Smith. From Revy? Eh, skip it. Uh, it says, <laughs> hey, Glenn, Josh, and Stuart, possibly. <laughs> Retro question. I just purchased Tycho Drum Master for PS2. I have that. 
yeah. It's a rhythm game which consists of a variety of songs like ABC, Toxic, Britney Spears. I made Andy buy that at MGC. Okay. And <laughs> I guilted him into buying Dragon it. Ball Z theme song. Um, oh I attempted to use a PSX to USB adapter I got from Radio Shack about 15 years ago. Oh, those are shit. However, I have experienced input lag on the drum while playing on the PS3. Yeah. I tested the game on the PS2 and it works fine. My question is, do you have any experience with PS2 to USB PS3 adapters? If yeah. so, which one would you recommend? I would rather find an adapter which doesn't lag so I can continue to save entertainment uh. center space. Spanx, Revy, hashtag booby prize, hashtag Hatsune Miku, hashtag money hat. <laughs> You know, I have one, but it's been so long since I've used it. Uh, I think it's something like Joy. It's it's kind of a blue color. It has two PS2 controller ports on it to USB, and it was like the only one that didn't give input lag. Because uh, that was a problem, especially those Radio Shack ones were absolute I don't shit. think I ever bought one. Yeah, I have it. It's in a box right now, obviously, but... Um, PS2 to, or, yeah, to PS3 USB adapter. I think X Arcade makes one too, but they're expensive. Uh, I think I have the one from X Arcade and it works. Um, like PS Joy or something like that, maybe. Gosh. It has been a long time. PS3 Joybox, there it is. I think this is the one. Let me take a look quick. Nah, that's not it. Um, uh, Revy, remind me after I get my house in Milwaukee, and I'll try to find it. But or if anybody knows, maybe let us know. Put it in the forums. Start start a thread in the forums, Revy. Uh, but there is one that doesn't have any input lag, and it's the one that I have because I remember I I it took me a while to find it. And because a lot of the ones were crap, like Radio Shack had one that a lot of people bought and it was shit. And I think Mad Cats had one that wasn't very good. Um, but this one, I think I got it from, might have even gotten from Play Asia or something. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember the name anymore. So hmm. that's the best I can, I can offer. Try Super Joy Box Three. Or Super Dual Box? Maybe that's it. Because the Super Dual Box is the one with the two ports. Let's see. Let me look it up real quick here. That's it. Super Dual Box. Yep, this is the one. So there you go. Look up Super Dual Box. Uh, and see if you can find one. Mayflash.com, maybe? Mayflash.com has them for... I don't see a price. Yeah, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna have to do an eBay thing or something. But uh, it's a USB and it goes to like this kind of triangular thing that has two PS2 ports on it, and normally it's like a, a see-through blue color. But that one you don't get input lag with because we used to play fighting games and everything with uh, PS2 joysticks on it. So there you go, answered. Ta-da! Done. Ta-da! can't believe i remembered that (laughs) so um 
So quick update. Uh, I still haven't gotten the Guitar Heroes sent out. I had them in the car, and the place was closed when I got there. So uh, I'm going up this weekend. I'm going to try to get them over there Saturday morning before I run to the house because uh, I have to go up to the house and get um, some work done on it, uh, some cleaning and everything else done, so I have to go up there all weekend. Uh, so the Guitar Heroes still have to go out, and uh, Shelton's painting still has to go out. So uh, that's it for Extra Life Prizes. Uh, also, if anybody is planning on not going to PAX and instead going to the Call of Duty XP event in Los Angeles, uh, which is September 2nd through the 4th, I believe, <clears throat> it's Labor Day weekend, uh, I am actually going. I'm going to Los Angeles for that event. Um, so if you want to hang out, if you want to, you know, if you want to take my ass to Roscoe's, if you're local, uh, let me know. I don't, I don't know where I'm staying yet. I just have my flight info and that's it. But if anybody's going and you want to hang out, let me know and I'll be there for a few days. So, yeah. Get to see the new Call of Duty and stuff and get to see the World Championships. Get to see all these awesome teams battle it out. And I think Black Ops 3 this year, I think. So, we'll have some more info for it next week. All right. Nothing else upcoming, Josh? Besides September 7th? I, that's all I know of. When Sony turns everything on there. On <clears> like I said, I don't even know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's happening. We know you're invited. We know it's happening. Mm. You've RSVP'd. Yeah. Please tell me you RSVP'd this time. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything <laughs> since then. I, I'm i not surprised. Uh, all right, cool. All right, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Next week, normal. Labor Day week will probably be a little bit late because uh, I actually, my flight doesn't get back until Monday night. And you're going to be out probably for Labor Day weekend anyway. So yeah. that week, the show will be late. But we'll talk to you at normal time next week. Uh, I guess that's it. So get out there, play some games. Have a great one. Check everything out at psnation.com. Get on the forums and uh, get some discussions going. And we'll talk to you all very soon. Take it easy. Lonely bye. Lonely? Oh. Uh, 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 ha. Ha. Yeah. I don't get along with anything. I really don't. I'm just, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just, a, you know, incredibly tasteful human being, and I think that's absolutely true. But like this, I'll give you a for instance. I live in New York City. And you know, anyone here know about New York, this thing called Channel J? Is anyone familiar with this at all? Channel J. One person's all it takes. Channel J is a channel that shows pornography commercials for uh, escort services and, and phone sex lines all night long. They show commercials. Now, first of all, phone sex. I've never called phone sex up, and I never could. Why, Bill? Well, <laughs> I just would be embarrassed. You know, I couldn't do that. I have some woman on the other end of the line. Oh, you got me so hot. I'm so wet. Your cock is so big. I've never seen a cock that big in I think I got the wrong number. You know what I mean? I couldn't deal with that. You know what I mean? And maybe it's... I'm a realist. 
And they also have these numbers for escort services. And once again, I just don't agree. You know what I mean? I'm watching these commercials. <laughs> Call 970-SLUT and the girl of your dreams will come to your house. Well, I got news for you, folks. The girl of my dreams doesn't blow 50 different guys a day, okay? Maybe I'm out of fucking line here. Uh, the girl of my dreams, I don't feel like eating a trucker's cum out of her pussy. It's weird. I'm weird that way. The girl of my dreams does not have stretch marks around her mouth, all right? Sorry. I know you're going, Bill, you're too inflexible here. You're going to have to get off your high horse, son. The girl of my dreams, you can't play connect the dots with the herpes sores around her anus. Do you understand? The girl of my dreams, I'm putting on a pedestal so that I can do nasty, nasty things to her. But the girl of your dreams...